All right, greetings, everyone. This is Instructor Arnold with the Success From Within podcast. Uh, the podcast purpose is, as always, to help you bring success from within. Um, we are going to be going over different aspects of personal protection and help you critically think and think out some things. And hopefully you'll learn from us and share some things with us and be better as a resource to yourself and your community. Uh, today, we are blessed to have the brother Anubis Haru on here. Um, he's going to introduce himself and um, what he offers, and um, we're going to get into some topics at there after that. All right, go ahead, Anubis. Boom! What's up, y'all? Uh, man, thank you so much, Dre, for having me on. Um, Anubis, hey, Rue, everybody. I'm here in Denver, Colorado with 1770 Armory and Gun Club, uh, also the creator and uh, co-owner of Addicts Gear, which I'm I'm always wearing my own threads. You know, I've seen saying? that nice because mug you've been sipping out of, bro. Yeah, yeah, show, yeah. Show the mug off. Show the mug off. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's beautiful. Right? Beautiful, so, beautiful. Yeah, sipping on some chlorophyll water, bro. Chlorophyll. Uh, I mean, people lunch on the chlorophyll, man. Yeah. Do you yeah, do it, you have the it, one with the, the the little peppermint taste in it? No, I just have the just straight chlorophyll, the little droppers. Okay. Drop eighteen drops, and it turns the water like crazy dark green, and you're like, okay. <laughs> I'm a plant now. Swamp thing in this piece, baby. This ain't bad at all. You know, my mom so. put me on to it. Um, and uh, she had the ones with a little bit of mint inside of it. So, are you in Colorado? You're in Denver specifically, right? Yes, yes, uh, yes. Uh, Denver some, Metro. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, what, yeah. what are some of the services you offer, and how can um, people reach out to you? Yeah. So our website is 1770armory.com. The uh, number, of the year 1770, and then the word armory. Dot com. Some of the service we offer, man, uh, concealed carry. We offer what's called a gun tailoring, um, you know, like a suit tailor, but we, we're gun tailors. So basically what we do is people who need help and assistance finding the right gun for their application, whether it's home defense, concealed carry, uh, if it's for yourself or you have a spouse, we want to make sure that both of you understand uh, how that um, weapon system works in case of an emergency. Um, either one of you can pick it up and run with it, right? So uh, we do that. It's about a 90-minute consultation. Um, you know, another thing is uh, we do the home defense. Um, you know, we have a 60-acre ranch out in another area within Colorado. Beautiful, and, beautiful. Um, you know, outdoor range, we go out there, we do our thing. We go to the indoor range, we do our thing. So, so we out here. You know I what I'm saying? It, it. it ain't cow town, but we <laughs> out here too. You know what I'm saying? I love it. I love it. Now, um, I'm glad I got you on because I got your address. I'm going to send you some stuff in the mail. It's going to be uh, for some copyright infringement because I offer the same services. And uh, I've been doing this since 2008, <laughs> man. <laughs> my man. My Mine is 90 minutes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, so, so that's funny. So like, um, a hell of defense, we offer very similar things. So, like, one of the things is, like, hell of defense stands for highly adaptable life offensive. So, you, you got to adapt it for the person. I'm not going to be showing you how to do uppercuts and stuff like that if you got soft hands and you're not training the box. It don't make right. no sense. Same thing with firearms. If you're not somebody who's going to be doing the range stuff every day, I'm going to get you something very simplistic and go over the basics with you. Um, so, we do similar things where we do an individualized instruction for the person so they can learn what works well for them. Uh, we yeah. go over what calibers work for them, what size guns. A lot of times think, people think those subcompacts are the ways to go. And I said, 
Sub your <laughs> face. The subcompact may be easier to carry, but if you can't get your yeah. hand, get good master grip on it, you can't hey. shoot. Your groupings right. are trash. It flies out of your hand. It's, it's hey. micro and it's, it's in the wind, baby. That's not good. So, it's snappy, yeah. uh, awkward. You can't rack the slide. And I'll be telling people all the time, yo, that adrenaline is going to test your metal, bro. Yeah. Like, it's going to test your your adult, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Your adult, adult fortitude, <laughs> you know? And it's yeah. just like, listen, you only got seconds. You can't be fumbling around with your little pocket rocket. And you know you getting stabbed up, you know. Yeah. So, so um, that that's beautiful. Um, we do similar things. We offer stuff for couples because um, a lot of times you'll have someone has a firearm and they think, well, I'm the one with the gun. What if you yep. up there wrestling with the dude in the doorway? <laughs> Who's gonna get the gun now? Like, <laughs> I know you, you got to create space, right? You gotta create so, space. And you got to have uh, contingencies too. Like I, I know um, with my children, we had plans and stuff like that. Like, if, if somebody kicks in the door, I can't be like. Hold them off, son. I'm going to the safe. Bring me the ammo. I need it. Right? <laughs> you can't do that. You can't do that, man. No, they got right? laws out here that's like, you got to keep your ammo separate from your firearm, and it's got to be like, I'm like, man, I ain't doing none of that. <laughs> I like how you yeah. check the ATF before you said that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> No, so. um, it, it's true, man. Um, the red flag laws are crazy too, and just people. One, I was talking to one of my colleagues the other day, and we were talking about people who want to legislate stuff to the government, like protect me, save me from all the madness, save me from danger. A lot of these people have a very firm disconnect with what is real violence. They've never experienced yeah. violence, so they oh. think like if I'm not a bad person doing bad things, nothing ever happened to me. Or these, go ahead. yeah, no, I was just gonna say they they live in these suburban bubbles. Where they don't even know how much a gallon of milk costs. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying. And, and they want to regulate, you know, what my experience is in my neighborhood dealing with self-defense. Yeah, and and just trying to get home to my family after working hard every day. Right. You can't and say you're not a cop. You can, I mean, you make your family. Sometimes you don't. Only the cops get to go home to their family. Yo. Only the cops, and they make sure they do that every day. <laughs> yo, in, in Denver, the average. The average response from DPD, Denver Police Department, was 13 minutes, homie. 13 like, minutes is a lot, a lot of time for trauma to be inflicted, bro. It takes seconds. It only takes seconds. <laughs> right? So I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm like, you know, these people are bugging about, you know, law-abiding citizens and all the individuals that, you know, are just trying to make it home. They don't go outside thinking, oh, today's the day I'm going to pop me somebody. Now, yeah. now you do have some situations where it's, uh, you know, I'm white and I say so laws. And <laughs> brother, uh, in the middle of Georgia, and it's considered road rage. Like, what firearms course did y'all take under the law that says shooting at somebody is not considered attempted murder? Yeah, yeah. That boggles my mind. Right? It definitely is. It definitely is. Well, I mean, yeah. there's different rules applied to civilians and law enforcement. Uh, that's well been established. Uh, right. the, the burden of uh, ethics is different for both entities. And so is the uh, the burden of, I'm uh, not a burden, the, the ability to trust. Like one's given a higher level of, oh, we trust what you say versus another. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, it's the whole agents of the state and the, the government being infallible. Um, they, they're never hold, held accountable to anybody, including themselves. 
yeah. which is why I don't understand why people want to give them more power when they act with impunity. Like you might get rid of a figurehead, but the institution is going to still do the same thing. They might demote someone, they might move to a different office, but they're going to still keep doing what they're doing. Um, well, and ahead. then you have the Uvalde situation where these pure madness, pure madness, bro. officers are kind of scared to go in and 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 do what they got to do, right? And like you were saying, like, do they have an obligation to protect? And the answer is no. So for our two topics today, let, let's touch on briefly so people know what we're getting into. We're going to talk a bit about Uvalde, which I did a uh, in-depth, um, like literally line by line analysis of the timeline. So this is the timeline mm-hmm. given out by the Texas Department of Safety. Um, uh-huh. later on, and then I also do a timeline of context through the different law enforcement agencies. So all this stuff I have on my blog, it has uh, timestamps, it has video links. So it's not just me talking, it's what the exact words of the people there said. So it's primary mm-hmm. sources, not something I saw on a forum with some Trumpers or, you know, some five percenters or three percenters or, or 22 percenters, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's all stuff that's come from, quote unquote, vetted sources, uh, primary sources. And I waited a month to make sure all the information, because, you know, a lot of times there's a lot of disinformation additionally. And sometimes as people misstating things and a lot of times there's a lot of people cleaning up stories afterwards. Uh, which we know the government does a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so we're no, going to talk don't. about Uvalde a little bit today. And we're also going to talk about the well-known fairy tale that police have a requirement to come save you. <laughs> they show it on the TV shows, man. They show it, you know. Hey. Got to go in. We got to go in. It's our duty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bro. Uh, it's uh, That Uvalde thing, if people still believe that after Uvalde, I don't know what to say to you. Um, I had an argument with some old heads in a barber shop, like, you know, some brothers, they, they, they some elders, and they were legit coming like, yo, cops do this. I was just like, you, you, you've been around a little while. You, you really think like they're gonna come? I mean, it depends on the officer. They may or may not, but yeah. the, the we're going by the stats, facts <clears throat> that the Supreme Court has upheld that law enforcement to make it short has no obligation to put themselves in danger. They basically yeah. said that, oh, they can act with ever whatever discretion they believe is necessary and they don't have any compelling reason to put themselves in danger just like anybody else if it's dangerous for you it's dangerous for them so they they could be like ah i'm gonna wait for backup (laughs) um so that's what happened in Evaldi. so all right go ahead share what you uh what you think about Evaldi. i'm gonna i'm gonna tap on it a little bit but if you want to get all the details in the in the the scholarly work you got to go to the blog and look at that. Yeah, yeah, no, nah. and um, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I listened to um, the Black Authority on YouTube, and he had a really in-depth analysis of it as well. I'm gonna check yours out. Um, but yeah, man, it, it was crazy. Where, um, what was that? I said, it's crazy. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got that's you. Craziness. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the the fact that this was potentially preventable because this dude was, you know, uh, posting on social media about what his plans were when he turned 18 and what he was trying to do. And we all know the FBI and other uh, alphabet boy situations, organizations, you know, have people like us flagged. And that's not because, you know, I'm a, you know, conspiracy theory, or I think I'm more than what I am. No, I just know from history, 
COINTELPRO, right? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. anytime you get Black people who uh, self-identify and are wanting to be self-reliant and also dealing firearms, we got to, we, we, we being flagged, right? Um, Remember you so, had a Hoover who said that uh, the greatest threat to the U.S. security was a uh, Black unity. That's back yep. in 69, J. Edgar Hoover. So they this need is to the middle of the rise of a Black Messiah. He said, the greatest single threat is Negro unity. <laughs> <laughs> Not white supremacy, but Negro unity. Yo, that's the greatest threat. This is back in 69, J. Edgar Hoover. And they, and they put resources towards that. Um, if you don't believe me, go look it up. It's not like hidden. It's, these are straight facts. Um, yeah, these are declassified documents, homie. Yep. Like, there's tell. nothing to debate here. <clears throat> but um, so, you know, they, they, I believe that they knew or, or had a idea, just like the dude that was, you know, in Buffalo, they had an idea. This, these people had been flagged before and law enforcement is like, oh, boys will be boys, right? They're not gonna do anything. And then they go and they shoot up these schools and grocery stores and things. And they're like, oh, no, no, he did it. Yes, yes, he did, right? And it's in places that are, you know, gun-free zones, right? Can't have guns, gun-free zones, all that kind of stuff. So those are the places that they strategically pick. Um, you know, and, and another thing with the Uvalde is, you know, what really, I, I know some officers, some Leos that are about that life. Like I know some, you know, county marshals that go get, the the fugitives like the real hardcore dudes right mm. and we'll go get you right those are the type of individuals that are really about that life and you know will put their lives on the line life limb and everything for the job and for the people you know what i'm saying but you got these macho tough guy you know used to be bullied like you said in bad boys you got your tight t-shirt and gun and badge and now you're overcompensating tough guy right that's real it is a real a thing. Who's walking around here who, you know, want to pick a fight because they can. And, you know, they're looking to be these quote unquote action junkies. And it's like, dude, that's not reality. So when the action really pop off, now you stutter in Stanley, right? And you're just like, back up. You don't lost all your training and you don't know what the hell to do now. Come on, man. The hell out of here. Tactical response immediately. Tactical. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> exactly. you know. and, and you know, I'm not, and I've never been in a uh, gunfight where a combat situation where I've had to deploy my my weapon system, right? But at the same time, I've been in plenty of high stress situations where, in that first instance. I'm nervous and, you know, I got butterflies and, but guess what? That's just the adrenaline. Once I center myself and I breathe, I'm like, oh, I know what this is. And you deal with it accordingly. Right. So I'm just, I, 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 I don't, I don't like the cowardice. Right. Because we're like, oh yeah, rah, rah, we're Americans and we're this and we're that and we're this and we're that. No, you're a paper tiger, bro. Yeah. And walk around. This is a good movie, by the way. If you're watching on Netflix, pretty good movie. Pretty good movie. Which one? Paper Tigers. Oh, yeah, that was a great movie. It actually <laughs> was. Yeah, Paper Tigers was dope. <laughs> it was um, a very nostalgic. Going, going to your point, I, 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 I'm a, uh, I went through police academy, worked as a patrolman, 
And okay. there are a lot of people who are, um, as you said, they're in the job because they were bullied. They didn't have friends. So they're trying to compensate. Um, you also have people who are there, you know, looking for retirement, stuff like that. You have a lot of cops who, I mean, just even grew up in Philly. I've seen situations where stuff is hot and cops will literally wait till the shooting's done, till the fighting's done, and then roll up. Um, one of the articles I have that I'm going to be publishing goes directly to that, where um, there's a case with a dude named Joseph uh, Lazito. He's uh, Philadelphia. He was in New York. Um, he's on a subway car. And you know how the subway cars, they had the conductor in the booth. Yeah. Um, there are two cops in there. So this guy, you heard about the story? Yeah. So basically, this guy walks up. He's banging on a conductor car trying to get the police's attention. The police ignore yeah. him. And then he turns around to this guy, Joseph Lazito, and just like, you're going to die today. So he starts trying yeah. to stab him with a seven inch, whatever, 10 inch chef knife. So mm -hmm. Lazito starts wrestling with him, fighting with him, fighting with him, fighting with him. He finally yeah. disarms the dude, gets him pinned to the ground. Then the cops emerge and say, we'll take it from here. Um, I know, miraculously. So meanwhile, those two cops that were on the train, two, not one, two cops armed in uniform were on the train just to catch the dude because the guy was on a killing spree. He had killed five or six other people that same night. So their whole purpose of being on the train is to apprehend the dude who they ignore and allow a civilian unarmed to fight to the death. Um, no training. No training, yeah. So the dude, that's one thing, highly trained, all that stuff. So one thing, the guy, guy would have bled out because the cops were securing the scene post the incident. Didn't let him get immediate medical. A black person who's a construction worker came over and start, uh, Lazito called him the napkin man because he kept staunching all his wounds with the napkins. So that's the only reason he didn't bleed out. So he goes to the hospital. <laughs> it's crazy, right? It's crazy. I, I, this is on my article for the police won't, you know, save you, you know, but he goes to the hospital. All the news reports say that the cops saw the dude, jumped on the subdued him. They didn't say nothing about him. They didn't say nothing about him fighting the dude to, for his life. They didn't say nothing about almost bleeding out. Just these two cops apprehended the dude. He sues the uh, police department and it gets, um, it gets dismissed. And I think he might have followed up to the Supreme Court. But basically he's suing like, hey, you guys are there armed in the uniform. I could have died. And he never won the case. Um, and it goes back to the same point that the police have no yeah. duty to put themselves in danger. And then also yep. goes to another precedence that the Supreme Court has is that cops can enforce the law at their own discretion. I, I got a, a, a court case for that. It's crazy. But back yeah. to the Evaldi thing, like you're saying, man, like there's always some sort of a uh, contact these people know. Like you can't be so crazy and not put up some sort of flares. If someone's going to notice you somewhere. You had yeah. classmates of his that said he's been acting strange. You had him on social media apps threatening women, um, doing great bodily harm to him, talk about killing. He had to be flagged somewhere. Somewhere, somewhere, somewhere had yeah. Adam flag. So this dude worked at Wendy's. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Did you hear about the actual weapon systems that he purchased? They said he had two damn defense rifles, uh, what, like like five thousand rounds. I was just like, oh, where he gets fifteen minutes right there? I was like, where he get fifteen? Oh, yeah, I don't know, bro. <laughs> he's, gonna, he's very diligent with his saving. You know, he's very frugal in between threatening and killing people and cosplaying as. A non-binary, I don't know, uh, okay. Cosplay, like he's, you know, Alice in Wonderland. Um, he's saved very frugally. Um, that stuff is always suspicious for how they give these armaments um, a lot of times. Like, you have the few times where they go into the parent stuff, but besides that, it's just a random bulk purchase. And, you yeah. know, like, buying a rifle and stuff doesn't mean you know how to necessarily use it, load it, all that stuff. Right, right, right. Time for that type of stuff. Like, you can go on YouTube, but... You need time. You can't just do that out of nowhere necessarily. It's not as yeah. easy as people think. You just point and click, and you know, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, but yeah. My, my, 
my other issue is, you know, if a police officer can quote unquote enforce the law at his or her discretion, and they do not have an obligation to put their uh, lives on the line for any given situation, guess what, man? As a civilian, as a concealed carry permit holder, I can't just draw my firearm and point it at you for any arbitrary reason, right? Yeah. Therefore, if I'm not suspected of committing a if crime, you do, if you do draw as brandishing and a whole bunch of other laws, right, brandishing right, is just right. you unholstering and having to present. Right, right, exactly. So my thing is, all these unarmed police murders, right? Um, listen, if somebody's unarmed, I don't want to hear you thought he had a weapon. I, I really don't want to hear that because a lot of dudes like myself, I carry a freaking flashlight on my weapon system, right? And I'm deploying that fucking flashlight in the middle of the dark to see what I'm dealing with. So I don't want to hear these excuses, man. Um, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. A lot of people, especially people with higher uh, training, uh, I was talking to some of my friends uh, I know who are, you know, uh, special forces or whatever, combative type guys, they do stuff, you know? And one of the things we were talking about was like a lot of these instances fall to a lack of ability and they automatically escalate to lethal force. If you have the ability to, it's a spectrum of force. If you have the ability to talk someone down, you have ability right. to use verbal judo, as they call it. You have yep. the ability to use open hand skills. You have to have these things built up and you have to have confidence. If you don't have the ability, I'm talking to you. You shout back, oh, I'm shooting. I don't know where it's going to go. I don't want to lose. Um right which is a sad thing because this is disparity where the police use wantonly the, the, the lethal force, but they're not held accountable for it. Whereas like, like I said, I used to get in issues where growing up before I was an adult, I've seen uh, bodies. I've been had people try to stab me, all sorts of violence before I was an adult. So as mm -hmm. a cop, my uh, emotional fitness was much more attuned to violence. So I could like, I can say like, all right, he's bleeding himself. Yo, bro, you know you're blading yourself. So it looks like you're about to do something. Do you want to do right. that? <laughs> like, instead yeah. of being like, oh, he's blading himself. I'm like, I, I'm 10 shots center mass. Like, no. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then also, I would, for lack of a better word, it could be seen as overconfidence or hubris, but I would rather allow them to make a partial move and justify me having to do something than me jump the gun and beat the shit out of them or kill them. Because exactly. I was confident enough that I would be able to survive and get. Now, granted, me doing that puts myself at a greater risk, but I'd rather in that role as a policeman, not as a civilian, as a policeman, right. I allow myself to be at risk so that I don't unnecessarily endanger others. So that was my personal decision. And I think yeah. that is what most law enforcement should do. If you're going to take the job, you already know putting a uniform on, putting the badge on, you're going to be in, in risky situations. So as such, you should be comfortable and willing to be in those situations. If not, you know, you got trash collectors, you got librarians, mm -hmm. a whole bunch of stuff you could do. But yep. your inability and don't, don't yeah, one of my mentors was like, look, man, and he's a former Green Beret. He was like, look, I don't have no sympathy for cops because that's the profession you chose. So At the military, they have a higher standard, bro. You have to be yep. actively fired upon and stuff before you start lighting people up. So right. they can point at you, but like, ah, oh, damn, I don't got the green light to engage. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. they shot at me, now I get, but, yep. and then sometimes, depending on, 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 I don't know the exact term, depending on the mission, you might have to be like, I can't engage. I got to disengage and create distance. Yeah, that's a, that's a yeah. war. That's a war. So they have a higher standard in war zones than they do on the streets of America. Which I'm like, Bow. I thought we was Americans. <laughs> and the fact that you can enforce the law at your discretion, that means that 
your personal biases and prejudice come into play. Now that's a big thing too, because you had the FBI who said several years ago there were a lot of white supremacists. I forget there's that verbiage they use. Bruh. White supremacists in law enforcement. Like how you just release this a report, but don't do nothing about it. Like, wait, 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 wait. So I mean, police are seen as these uh supermen. They're like on this pedestal a lot of times where they're seen as like, I'm a cop. No, you're right. still a person, you're a regular dude, you grew up being bullied, you got your biases, you're with your daughter dating yeah. outside of race. Or you might have your own traumas from getting, you know, beat up, whatever it is, be that dude looks big. Haru's beard is real husky. I don't know. I can't take him. I got you. like you got your own thing. So you're you're just a person with a badge and a gun and a job to do. You're just a person. Cops have bad days. I know when I was working, um, I've seen cops that had like DV incidents with their spouse. They come mm. to work. And since they didn't have a certain outlet with their spouse, meaning they just, you know, had to chalk it up or whatever. They go to a verbal argument. DV, we go to the call. They over yeah. there projecting and jumping on the dude because they're angry about that. Like, whoa, 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 call compartmentalizing, bro. You gotta break that shit up. Just because yeah. you got beef with your wife don't mean you can't, you know. So that happens all the time, man. Um, and um, a lot of people in these different professions don't have the proper mental services they need. And the culture is also toxic around them, you know. Just yeah. as you might have uh people in war zones that get kind of cryptic, same things happen with police. Um, but they don't have it addressed. I mean, I, I I know I saw a lot of stuff that was like, you know, y'all might want to get that checked out. Like, uh, that's that's not healthy to play, boy. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, there was that whole defund the police movement, and and hey, on a second, you're breaking up. Hold on a second, breaking up. <clears throat> oh, all right, so sweet. Lat, you okay. back? Yeah, I'm here. All right. So last thing you're talking about the uh, defund police movement. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my thought process was it was misguided because my, my, from my understanding, you know, it's, it's a militarization of the police. That's the problem. Right. So the demilitarization of the police, like these cats is rolling around in tanks and, got drones and uh, automatic ARs and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it's just like, yo, we we out here with semi-autos and I get it. Sometimes y'all run up on, uh, you know, uh, a Ronin situation, right? Where it's, it's uh, like like back in the 90s when them dudes robbed the bank and they was fully armored and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, that's was, crazy, man. But I mean, how often does that happen, bro? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's it, what they it, say was uh, the reason he created SWAT after that. And I and I get it, right? But at the same time, your instances of that type of thing happening are not that great to justify. What what happens is the military will get rid of a surplus of uh, weapons and equipment, and yeah, what they'll racks. do is personnel carriers all that stuff here what do they do they 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 sell it they sell it to police departments it's all about the money game man that's what it is they find you know places to offload their money and gear and keep it going um yeah the the militarization like initially they justified like oh we're going up against greater threats i can understand if you're storming like drug compounds and stuff you got like I know who, <laughs> but who they used the to like serve warrants for like dudes that like. Unarmed brother that was running away was the greater threat, not running to y'all like he was the boys, a soup or something like that. <laughs> what are y'all talking about? 
yeah, it's crazy. And, and not to mention, ninety shots were fired. Yeah, thirty of them rounds went somewhere. Yeah, it didn't hit him. So it, it's crazy. So like, all right, it goes back. So I, the, the case for what's the brother's name? Walker is it? What's his name? Uh, in uh, Ohio. Yeah, the one that got shot up the ninety times you were just referencing. Yeah, yeah. And so I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's crazy. Um, so. I'm going to sound like I'm back in the blue here, bro. <laughs> Let's get it. Let's go. <laughs> As a civilian, right? We had law enforcement civilian. As a yeah. civilian, if someone shoots at you on a road, it's probably better to disengage and distance yourself. You don't have to engage that, you know? Because law enforcement, part of the job is if there's a threat to the public, you're supposed to engage it. Now, once again, this goes back to their own discretion, like I said. Um, so they call all the points bullets and they get on the dude. And once it is, once again, going back to how cops are people, they're not these like lofted beings that are above the law or above feelings of professionally trained or highly trained. They're people. Um, once they start chasing them, it's a whole thing. Like when I grew up, if you make a cop chase, he's going to fuck you up if you catch you. Just, you got to know that's, that's, so what happened was he had a, a grip. I think it's like 14 cops was on his ass. Something like that. It was, it was 10 plus. They had, must have had a whole department. I don't know how he stopped his car around the corner from the department. Some, anyway, yeah, like ten, you know, he had like 10 plus cops chasing him. And they yeah. all did, got the adrenaline running. They heard shots fired. They looking to get in somebody's ass. It, it's bad. I don't, I'm not saying I'm justified, but that's how, how the mentality works. And that could yeah. be circumvented with, once again, more professionalism, more training and other stuff like that. But a lot of times you have, it's us versus them thing, you know. It happens all yeah. the time. Uh, I know, yeah. like I said, if I if I had the cops chasing me, I know like uh, I'm gonna be getting. Uh, I'm either going ramble first blood, where I'm gonna be popping out of bushes and catching them, or I'm gonna be getting taking the L that night. Like I can't be like, oh, I shot at y'all, y'all chase me. All right, I give up now. Like yeah, because right. it, it's just the oh. way they roll. It's the way they. I'm not saying that's good. I'm saying that's a problem. In terms of it needs to be yeah. trained differently. But that's how it rolls, man. It's, it's craziness. Um. So, I mean, in speaking of that case, right, um, the brother hopped out of the whip and left the gun in the seat. Yeah. So y'all can't say he was shooting at y'all and y'all can't say y'all knew he had a gun. Yeah. But they don't have to. That's what I'm saying. Because the, right. the, 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 the standard, what they're held at is, you know, is completely different. Now, if you were a civilian that did that. Yeah. Someone shoots at you. I'm under the Rude does a pit maneuver, flips his car over, gets out. He's running for his life. You chasing that. Right. But oh man, that's premeditated right there, Nubis. Yeah. What you doing, yeah. bro? It's, yeah. it's completely different the way they hold it. Now, that is where the problem is. Because once again, they are just humans. Now, granted, they're doing a da more dangerous job, but you should have to still articulate, identify, and be able to explain what you're doing. And oftentimes, they could just say, I felt threatened. But what does that translate to, feeling yeah. threatened? That could be anything and everything. Anything and everything. And, and, and that's how damn, goddamn lobster fishermen got a more dangerous job than me. <laughs> the great or the greatest catch was <laughs> like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to hear that, you know, I felt threatened and all this other kind yeah. of stuff. You got you got on body armor, you got you got you got all kind of different options to deal with that situation in a non-lethal way. You know what I'm saying? Folks is walking around here with you know, non-lethal uh burner technology, you know what I'm saying? Like 72 feet at 400 feet per second and 28. What's the burner technology you talking about? Yeah, so there's a company out there um, called Burna. And what it is, it's a launcher 
but the platform looks just like an actual firearm. They got a AR platform. Um, they got a regular pistol platform and kind of like a, um, um, it's like a cross between like a vector and a um, CZ Scorpion, right? Okay, okay. What it does is it works off of CO2 compressed, uh, compressed gas. So it's like a, like a paintball gun uh, but it shoots defensive projectiles. So it's got okay. the pepper balls, it's got the kinetic balls and that kind of thing. Okay. And I'm like, <clears throat> you know, it's hard to tell at night when you're dealing with a situation like that. Um, but at the same time, training can overcome all that shit. I don't want to hear that, that, you know, uh, just because it's at night. Now, one thing I noticed too, from the videos I saw, it didn't look like anybody illuminated them. That's what I say. That, uh, bro, EDC check real quick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I now, got a light. Now, you're not supposed to use your light to illuminate things you're not shooting in new booze. All right, bro, you can't. But one of As them could have easily. officer, you don't want to see what the fuck you're shooting at? <laughs> I on, agree. Man. You're supposed to see what you're shooting at, but you don't want to muzzle everything. That's what they said. But going to the point of illumination on them, somebody could have easily put a strobe on them. A strobe is just as damaging as anything else, especially at night. Yes. So if somebody Absolutely. could have put a strobe light on him and disorientate him, somebody could attack him. So we're doing this whole Monday morning quarterback, but it goes back to what is your standard? Your standard to be... My oh, bad, that's the... That's the... He's just they, talking they, about they boys, bro. He's just talking about that. <laughs> they like, he just pulled out his firearm. Go get him. Call in SWAT. <laughs> he just pulled out firearm. Get him. <laughs> but um, so it all depends on what the standard or what you want to have. So, like, I mean... If you want to hold your police officers to a higher standard, like no one does any shooting unless you know there's a, a imminent threat, then that'd be a whole completely different culture change. You probably have cops resign and all sorts of stuff. But like I tell people a lot of times in my classes that a flashlight is a very potent weapon, especially at nighttime, because you can easily disorientate somebody for 30 seconds or more. I do armed security at nightclubs and stuff like that. And if somebody, somebody, a nice little thousand lumens real quick. Bro, <laughs> My stream light is potent, homie. Like, <laughs> ma'am, sir, please exit the premises. Whoop de whoop de whoop. I ain't going that 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 that. Okay, well, I'm gonna hit you with this strobe, and you ain't gonna be able to see tomorrow. Do it, motherfucker. And they're like, they try to fight it. Like, this don't hurt. Oh, it's right? burning the retinas. It's burning. Dude, like, come on, man. Like, the the not. The, I think the non-lethals. In, in dealing with, and don't get me wrong, like I carry non-lethals and I carry the last resort, but I understand that that's the last resort. That's not the first thing. But I'm you're deploying. coming from a different background. You have a higher, um, you have a higher threshold that needs to be passed and you have a higher value for life. It's just yeah, that simple. Uh, and that's no. the only reason I went through that stuff too. Cause I, I seeing violence, didn't want to bring that to anybody unless it was absolutely necessary. I don't want you right. to go through physical therapy, try to learn how to use your legs again. I want you getting yeah. reconstructed surgery. I don't want them putting up your eighth grade picture at the wake. You know, I, I don't want to go through that. And yeah. then also, I didn't want to also go through possibly knowing that I didn't do everything that was necessary to possibly prevent this, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But all right, so back to the Uvalde thing. There's all sorts of flags up beforehand. Uh, law enforcement was in. Let me pull it up real quick. Law enforcement entered the... So he got on site at 11.33, and law enforcement was in the building at 11.35, bro. What? He, he was like five minutes from a police station, bro. There's a school resource officer that wasn't there, but then he drove by and drove off. 
They got he called drove out by the dude. Yeah, they drove by. When I hear, I'm like, so he saw that fool and was like, oh shit, they don't pay me enough for this. <laughs> that could have happened, bro. That could have very well happened. I wasn't there. Stumble. I'm only going by the facts. All right, the newbies, I don't know what was there. But anyway, <laughs> they said they were in this side of school within two minutes and then they received grazing wounds and retreated, bro. Yeah, I saw the video. Um, it was from the DPS dude with the hat on. Yeah. His whole Texas yeah. get up, bro. He said they got grazing wounds. We got to fall yeah, back. There was, that was three cops, bro. Three cops. Three more cops show up. Three more cops show up. And it's a deputy. Funny, but it's crazy. It's... So within five yeah. minutes, there were seven law armed law enforcement officers. Seven. Like, she was with, with the right, with the shield, the ballistic shield. The ballistic shield, I got, so you, did you see the video, uh, the screenshot from the, the camera inside the school? Uh-huh. So they had that with the ballistic shield. They showed up with the ballistic shield. We have proof they were with a ballistic shield. Hold on a second. Let me see. Uh, I'm trying to find a timestamp. So the timestamp for the ballistic shield is at 1152. So that's proof they were there at least within 20 minutes. But he didn't die for another, hold on. After the ballistic shield was on site, he didn't get clipped for another 60 minutes almost. And not by a Uvalde uh, on-duty uh, Leo. Oh, you must have read my article, bro. Did you read my article or you just seen it? Bro, I just, I, I pay attention. Like, I've, so I've that's on my article. So the dude that showed up was, board, they try to say he's a Border Patrol tactical agent. All right, y'all frauded. Uh, he's on a Border Patrol tactical team, yeah. but he wasn't yeah. there in that capacity. No. He was there because his wife texted him and said, yo, we got some trouble. Help me out. My man got up out the barber seat. Shotgun. Stop, yo, he turned to his barber, who's a civilian, said, I need your shotgun, bro. So that shows why civilians need to be armed. He got down there. It's a small town. He knows the people that, yo, what's happening. As a smart right. dude, he starts trying to get some information. He's just running there like Rambo. So they right. said, we're doing X, Y, and Z. I would assume, so this is, I'm saying assuming, afterwards, like, yo, this is some old bullshit. I'm going in for my wife. They try to say, like, oh, he was helping escort kids out. He might have done that for, like, two minutes. He's like, wait a second, y'all not rushing in? Fuck yeah. this. I'm well, because the, the officers were sitting there waiting. And so oh. he comes and he comes on the scene. And he's like, yo, what Wait, he comes yo. on the scene with his barber cape still on, bro. The cape. cape right. yeah. <laughs> Listen, homie, I'm with it. My I'm wife texts me. My I'm kids text me. Yo, I'm in the store. This Something folks. I'm in aisle five. I'll be like, I'm on it. I'm like, they outside just waiting. Yeah, Swats outside waiting. So well, there's instances they have of children calling 911 and saying yeah. he's in here and they can hear gunshots. There's one instance where the cops were in the hallway called out saying police, somebody responded, and then he then they got shot by the shooter. Uh, yep. this is crazy. Um there's a little girl, there's a girl that called on four different occasions, bro. Like, why are y'all? I can that hear shows, the police that, that shows in the hallway. How much time they just sit there, bro. It makes no sense. So Apparently, the there's a couple different things using a couple stories to kind of cover up. One yeah. was the 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 dude in charge, a Rebo, whatever his name is. What is it? The 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 dude is in charge. Anytime you have an incident, you have someone a commander in charge. Yeah. He said he didn't know he was the commander in charge. Uh, let me get his name real quick. <laughs> so much incompetence. Yo, yo, he said, <laughs> hey, all right. So his name is uh. Uh, Arredondo, Arredondo, all right, Pete Arredondo. He said he didn't know he was an incident charge commander. He also left his 
radio behind you rushing to the save the children. I was like, wait, 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 wait. How you rushing to save the kids but don't save no kids? Like, <laughs> like, bro, there's only one shooter. You act like you rushed it and took out like five out of ten. How you rush yeah, it and not get nobody? How you rush? John McClain situation. Anubis, explain that to me, Anubis. How you leave his, he left his radio because it's going to slow him down. How you run into Russia, save kids, but not save none? How, 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 how that work? How that work, Anubis? Bro, there's, there's the two school? things. He's at the wrong two school. Things. What happened, Anubis? Your, your comms, right? You need comms so you can coordinate. If me and you go run something, we're going to have some comms, bro. Yeah. I got my little bow phone with me. What channel we on, bro? I got All bail right, phone with me. Like, what, what's up? If, if it's Kill bad, I just chirp you, bro. I chirp you. If it's that bad, like, we're going to have comms. Like, how you not, how you have a whole incident happen to you and got no comms? Another your comms and your weapon system, bro. It is. Like, come Another on, man. Thing is after uh, the police chief was there, they were treating him like a barricaded subject. How you treat him as a barricaded subject when he's barricaded in with other fucking people? How? 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 That's way. How? Yeah, yeah. At first, they try to they try to blame the teacher, saying like, "Oh, she let the door jar." Did it? You know, they always try to pass the buck. Uh, the door that was supposed to close didn't close. That that's that's not her fault. She's not in charge of door property maintenance. You know, structural maintenance. And then um, y'all didn't show up. Like they said, they were waiting for a key to get in. When have you ever heard of cops waiting for the key to make entry to anything? I heard about that. I'm like, bro, they said they wait on a key. Bro, they said he's waiting on a key from a janitor. A janitor. Yeah. Anubis. <laughs> Whatever. When have the cops showed up and be like, we have a we have a warrant. Oh, we ain't got no key. All right, we gotta wait. We gotta wait for somebody to bring us a key. Yeah, back. I mean, they would definitely have an extra situation on their hands if me and my crew pulled up. Cause we pulled up locked and loaded, and we like, yo, either y'all gonna shoot us. Y'all going either y'all going to deal with us, deal with him, or we going in and y'all, y'all ain't going to do shit to stop us. Pretty much, bro. I was talking um, I was talking to one of my friends, basically. Yeah, yeah, if you show up with a small, determined crew, like, all right, we're here. But you don't got to say nothing to them. Because yeah. they probably ain't going to step in your way. Um, no. Just run straight in and stick here. Like, uh, I mean, if you acting bitch for one dude that's barricaded inside of school, what you going to do with a whole squad of dudes that's determined and ready to go in? Now, also, first they said he was armored. Then he wasn't armored. He had a tactical vest on. That doesn't mean he was armored. Yeah, no plates, no plates. And no plates. Um, it is is just pure madness, bro. Uh, uh, they uh, did you hear the report of how cops were uh, saving their own children in the beginning? So yeah, initial I don't cops know if that was validated or not, bro. I, I got the video clip. You need to go to my uh, my blog for the article. There's a video clip of the dude from the police department. Hold on a second. Uh, I'm gonna look at that real quick. <clears throat> All right, so this dude, uh, Texas DPS, um, what's his name? Shit, I click it. I'll, I'll share the screen real quick. Hold on a second. All right, for sure. <laughs> if we're going to do it, we're going to do it, bro, you know? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what the situation is. All right, so this is from the Texas DPS, all right? Uh, this is from May 24th, right? Can you see it? Yep. All right, hold on, I'm play it. All right. Um, I'm going to try to pump up the volume. If it is, it, it, I don't hear nothing coming through. You hear anything? No, I don't either. Oh, they hating on me, bro. They hating <laughs> on me. Oh, wait. All right. Uh, hold on a second. I'm gonna see if there's another way for me to do it. Hold on a second. Give me. A, I'm gonna stop real quick so I can try to get this up for us. Uh, let's see. Video. Uh, 
See, sometimes um, Zoom be acting goofy. Yeah. I'm going to try one more time. If not, I'll send it to you, and maybe you can play it. Okay. Um, yeah, it ain't coming through. Hold on a second. I'm going to send it to you. You can see if you can pull it up. All right, cool. Uh, but literally, if you look at the statement, the reporter asked a question. The reporter says something on the lines. Um, we heard reports that the police were saving their children when they arrived. Something on those lines. And a dude does not deny it. He says yes. And then he says we had to take the brave officers. From- <laughs> so first, he didn't categorically deny it, which is that mission by itself. If someone says, mm-hmm. like, Anubis, I heard you were touching little boys in all the face. Uh, pro- whoa, whoa, even a, whoa, whoa, let, let me stop right there. Hey, wait a minute. Hey, Hold on. Touching, all right. God damn yeah. it. Touching no kids, man. Shit. <laughs> Touching no kids, goddammit. But he did it first. He didn't correct or deny it. And then he made a, a, a statement um, confirming it pretty much. See if you can, uh, I sent it to you in the chat. See if you can pull it up. Yeah. But he, I mean, like I said, I, I did this, like as, as I said, I did a critical analysis, bro. They yeah, had no, that were yeah. saving their own children. And then. That's an update for us. Yeah, let it play, bro. That's all right. Deborah, we're here with Lieutenant Chris Olivares with DPS. He's going to uh, tell us a little bit more about what he's learned that happened out here at Robb Elementary today. Uh, and Lieutenant Olivares, we've just learned that 18 students have been killed. Right, Vanessa. So first, I want to acknowledge the brave men and women of law enforcement that showed up to the scene, that actually were involved in the scene, actually made entry into the school and saved more lives that, of course, we lost 18. But I want to praise those brave men and women of law enforcement. Also, offer our condolences on behalf of Texas Department of Public Safety to the families, to the Victims. The entire, question, so what we do know right now that the suspect um, was involved in a family disturbance earlier on the day with his grandmother in which he shot his grandmother. Uh, from that point on, what we do know is that local law enforcement received a call of a crash and a man with a gun nearby where the school's at. At that point, local law enforcement responded to the school. The suspect made entry into the school, and as soon as he made entry into the school, he started shooting children, teachers, whoever's in his way. He was shooting everybody. Had, of course, as I mentioned, brave law enforcement made entry into that school, exchanged gunfire with a suspect who was wearing body armor. Several police officers were shot. At that point, we did have a tactical law enforcement team arrive on scene. They made entry. They were also met with gunfire by the suspect, but they were actually able to shoot the suspect, and now the suspect is deceased. As of right now, we do have 18 children confirmed that are deceased, as well as two adults, one of those being a teacher. Wait, so you're going to ask about the children. And we've also uh, heard word that a Border Patrol agent was struck uh, with gunfire, a few officers shot. Uh, We've heard that some law enforcement officers actually went into school uh, to get their kids out. Can you talk about that? Right, so we do know, Vanessa, right now that there there was some uh, police officers, families trying to get their children out of the school because it was an active shooter situation right now. It's a terrible situation right now. And, of course, just as we mentioned, the loss of life, it's, it's just terrible. To right there. But, again, we got to keep no. So, did he deny it, Anubis? Anubis, did he deny it? No, he did not. <laughs> so, that's like we say. Like, it's like, like somebody's been like, oh, we heard you were robbing from the children. <laughs> I don't steal from the children's flood on the no, no. He said, uh, "We would like to thank them for their brave sacrifices." And uh, that was that was a classic PR response. I mean, like, <laughs> yes, and and by the way, uh, <laughs> like, homie, none of, damn near none of that was factual, dog. No, no, none of it, none of it. He wasn't armored. Um, they did. It wasn't no tag team that went in and got him. Uh, it's crazy, bro. But you heard it. He didn't say there were no cops that were not saving their children. Um, did you hear about the lady that drove uh, forty miles and got tasered? No, she didn't get chased. Yeah. She got handcuffed and yeah. then got out her handcuffs, went in, yeah. got her two children and left. Yep. 
How do you yep. drive 40 minutes to an after shooter scene? Get there, get detained by one of You get there after driving 40 miles, get detained, get out of your restraints, and then go save your children before the police do anything. How? Bro, that's called determination. How? That's called, I'm saving my babies to hell with all of y'all. All right, I understand what you're saying from the mom's point of view, but how law enforcement? That's my question. How law enforcement? How? 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 Pure no, not 40 minutes, 40 miles. Not 40 minutes, 40 miles. Okay, okay, 40 miles. So she must have been like clocking it. Pedal to the metal, honking, swerving in uh, traffic. She's in, Mach, she's in the Mach 5, bro. She's in the Mach 5. Disobeying traffic signals, everything. <laughs> she kind of she may have bought some, some actual law enforcement with her. Right. <laughs> might actually Yo, that's I mean, it's been all sorts of crazy stuff happening. So what else happened with all day, y'all? Um after that, the police chief who didn't know he was in charge of the incident got promoted in a private ceremony. Uh, that was weird. Um, all sorts of goofy stuff happened around it, bro. Uh, so, so you know, these dudes that are rah-rah about the blue line, the thin blue line, and, and, and you know, uh, blue lives matter and, you know, all this other rah-rah stuff. Right? Rah-rah. It, it, it seems to me that that kind of rhetoric doesn't happen until they are, you know, disproportionately shooting unarmed black people and saying, hey, if you would have just, if you would have just complied, we got to back the blue, right? Have you, heard, have you heard the one about you need to dress nicer? Bruh. Is it, like, like they weren't lynching black folks in suits and ties and <laughs> Business, most of the people they lynched were business owners. Most of did you read that book without sanctuary? No, you gotta read. All right, so this is a book called Without Sanctuary, it chronalizes America's obsession with lynching. All right, it has firsthand accounts, meaning they interviewed people who were there, they have news clippings, they have postcards which were sent around like Christmas cards for lynchings, all yeah. this information. And I've got body parts. Yeah, he's, in charge, yeah, he's, he's a, like uh, my man Nat Turner. They sold parts of him. This probably somebody with some parts of him in the basement now. Um, yeah. It was a whole event, you know. Instead of going to a movies, we're going to do lynching tonight, you know. Um, but the book, the move, the book without sanctuary uh, goes into the backstories, and it shows by and large it was either uh, uh, business disputes, land disputes, or money owed. You you basically burn someone on a business transaction. They say they ain't going to let it ride, and be like, oh well, instead of that, I'm going to do blah 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 blah. So, uh, I mean, that once again boiled down to people having the access and means because in different places where people were armed, they weren't doing that. Um, it's just that simple. You can't lynch me if I, if I put, you know, five or six good rounds in your center mass. You know, you, you, you're doing a, uh, the room temperature challenge at that point. You ain't worried about no rope or nooses on my neck. Right. Um, right. Which is why people say, you know, all gun control is racist too, you know. Uh, they, they weren't yeah. worried about gun control until you have free black men and women going around the U.S. Yeah. Um, but yeah, check out that book uh, with Without Sanctuary, man. It's a fantastic book. It's very graphic, so you gotta like pace yourself. But yeah, it it, it sounds along the lines of the, the delectable Negro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah homie, it's, just... it's it's an interesting culture we live in, man. It's a crazy place, man. Um. Uh. All right. So let's let's touch on a little bit about the journal about how cops don't have a duty to protect you. I was talking to some old heads I know um, at the barbershop. Cliche, cliche. Yeah, this really happened. Yeah, at the barbershop. And we were talking about Uvalde. 
And they're like, oh, well, those cops stand out front. They're going to get charges brought against us. I say, ain't no charges going to be brought up in those cops. It, it's not. They're like, oh, well, they were supposed to be real cops. They got, you know, negligent na- man sh- slaughter for not doing anything fat. I was like, no charges are going to be brought and the damn sure ain't going to be sustained. And they're like, well, a real cop would have, I was like, all right, let me, <laughs> I know you're old heads and all, but let, let me share a little bit of knowledge with y'all. And um, he's just like, oh, you don't know you would have been a sucker cop. I was like, oh, you going to just do ad hominem attacks on me. Okay, man. <laughs> But first of all, I was a cop. First of all, I was a cop. I have literally stopped before I was a cop. DVs, I stopped people from being jumped. All that before I was a cop. So me with a badge and a gun and radio, I'm gonna be doing it to the tenth degree. Uh, but anyway, so I point out the the case about Joseph Lazito, the dude being stabbed on the train. Oh, yeah. that was a one of. Um, let me pull up. Let me pull up this other job. So this is going to be an article I'm going to be dropping probably over the weekend or whatever. But basically, it talks about I picked out three very um, pivotal uh, cases around law enforcement and the Supreme Court basically stating that one of two things, law enforcement has no duty to put themselves in danger, just like anybody else. If it's dangerous for you, it's dangerous for them. So they get to decide if they want to act or not act. And then also that law enforcement gets to decide how they enforce things to which degree. All right. So uh, let me share this one brief uh, story about this lady uh, uh what's her name uh no 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 i want that one i want that one not joseph lizito all right so there's one with this this lady i gotta find the name of her all right i'm gonna run the gist of it for you and then while you respond i'll go find it oh wait here it is here it is here it is all right um let me see. All right, so I'm gonna share the screen with you real quick. Okay. You can see it. Can you see my screen? It says facts of the yep. case. Yeah. All right, cool. So this is Castle Rock versus Gonzalez. Castle Rock is a township. Gonzalez is the person uh, petitioning or responding. Okay. All right, so basically this woman had a restraining order against her estranged husband. Um, this is gonna be in an article of any of y'all interested in following up on his reading. I'm not, you know, blowing no smoke up, no skirts, and nothing like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although that is fun on the weekend sometimes with your lady, you know, have some fun. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> the facts of this case says that this woman, Gonzalez, had a restraining order for herself and her three daughters against her ex-husband, her strange husband. The husband shows up, adopts the children, right? So she yeah. goes to the police and says, hey, y'all got to do something, find my husband, da 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 And uh, the police tell her to wait and see if the husband returns the children. The husband winds up murdering all three of the children. After he murders the children, he goes to the police station where he's fired upon and he's killed. So she's like, yo, I had a restraining order. I told y'all to go get him. And y'all told me, you know, cool my jets and wait. My children are now dead. You guys are culpable for this. You should have acted. Right? That, that seems to make sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, this, so this is the question. Can an old holder of a restraining order bring a procedural process due claim against the local government? Basically saying, Y'all didn't do what you're supposed to do, and then it led to bad things happen, right? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> so in a 7-2 decision, the court ruled that she had no constitutionally protected interest saying that they have to act to protect her or her children. Yeah. And I was like, what? She literally has a restraining order. She literally told you about the person, literally told you where he was, and they're like, nope. And they said that, the uh, hold on a second. Uh, da, 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 da. 
It says, this is what the Supreme Court said. This is specific action to be taken is up to the discretion of the police. Bro. Bro. So, so, I was like, how crazy can you get? She has a restraining order. She tells them. They go back and respond to her like, oh, let's just wait and see. You know, maybe show some Disney classics to them or some shit. And then they all get murdered. And she's like, yo, I told y'all. This is why I got the restraining order. This is why I told y'all. Y'all should have could have stopped this, should have stopped this. They're like, ah, we get to decide what we want to do, how we do. So now would they have brought charges on her if she kicked down the door at gunpoint to save her babies? Who knows, bro? I would imagine their problem. I mean, it really depends on whoever is the DA and who's arresting responding officers. But you have this thing called the spirit of the law and the letter of the law. The letter mm-hmm. of the law is very straightforward, but the right. spirit governs everything. Oh, right. little Tommy joy riding through the neighborhood. Oh, he's just having fun. He's a teenager. Little right. Jamal Joy riding through the neighborhood. That hardened criminal. He's gonna <laughs> get his ass. <laughs> Don't make no further movements, bitch. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy, bro. It's literally the spirit of the law and the letter of the law. And it really mm-hmm. comes back to the people because once again, they're just people. They're just people. Right. Um, right, but you right. see right there, it wasn't even close, bro. It was seven to two. They have at their own discretion to decide how they want to enact it. So they didn't say that she had the wrong like claim. They didn't say that she filed it wrong. They didn't say any of that was wrong. She had them dead to rights, quote unquote. As up to them. And that's one case out of so many cases, bro. I got like five or six cases on there from very similar things. There was one woman who was being brutalized for hours, called the police. The police show up. No one responds to the door. They drive off, bro. Anubis, did you, did you hear what I said? That it's is, hard for me to answer the door when I'm being sexually assaulted. It's kind of, it's kind of, kind of difficult. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hold on a second. Let me get this guy <laughs> off of you real quick, bro, uh, bro. And it wasn't like it was like a, a and, and this went on for hours, bro. They someone one of the neighbors called again. The cops came back a second time, and I don't even know they knocked on the door the second time, and then the third time they didn't respond, bro. Well, I mean, that's just like the case of, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer moving into a predominantly black neighborhood and eating niggas. Yo, did you hear about one of the people escaped from Dahmer? They caught him and returned him back to Dahmer? Bro! I was like, what? I was like, come on, man. Yeah. Come on. I would have made some real further movements. You ain't going to eat my ass. I'm going to get shot and killed here. That. At least let my ass go with me to the great by and by, bro. Yeah, Yeah, I might have punched the cop in the mouth and they'd have been like, oh, hell no. (laughs) Yes, please, arrest me. Anubis, the devil I know is better than... (laughs) I would have taken the L right there in the police station. Yeah. You put me back in the basement of Dahmer. Come on, bro. So, yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. Um, I remember hearing that, that one of the guys escaped from Jeffy Dahmer, got got to the police, and the police returned him to Dahmer. I was like, that's crazy, bro. Yeah. But you remember yeah. Paul Mooney had that expression, the uh, the complexion for protection, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then our young brother, Deontay Wright? No, Deontay something. Uh, he was uh, in the foster care system. Him and six other kids. And uh, it's a famous photo of him hugging this cop because he had on a little sign that said free hugs. And these uh two uh white ladies were abusing them kids and uh they ended up killing themselves and you know the kid you know what i'm saying so 
you know, we got to be vigilant about, <clears throat> you know, our babies being caught up in this foster care system and you know, it's a whole lot of other stuff going on, but back to, uh, you know, the police officers not having, can you imagine if that was our military? Regarding about they don't have a duty to protect? Yeah, what? It, it's, I mean, but the thing is, they don't allow that in the military because you would be court martialed, you would be, you know, all sorts of stuff would happen. So, yeah. I mean, it's that whole thing comes back to the same thing, the government acting with for, with it, for their interests with impunity. Right. But right. The law enforcement in institution is an extension of the government and they have it. The, like the law, the Supreme Court has upheld that the police have a duty to protect the community, not the members of the community. So that's, but once again, that's at their own discretion. Like, so police Sounds are going like to protect property pretty much. Yep. It's crazy. Uh, it's definitely crazy. I, I want to touch later on to that, the, uh, the, uh, the child foster care system and all that stuff. Cause all sorts of crazy stuff. But I want to do some research instead of shooting from shit, the, the hip yep. and all that. Yeah. Um, but there's all sorts of numbers when you had um, recent, you know, with the, uh, the the migrants moving in or illegal migrants. I'm not going to call anybody illegal immigrants, whatever. Um, but the hundreds of thousands, whatever number of children disappearing in the in that system when they got caught. Um, there's all sorts of stuff. You got a dis dis Maxwell. Nobody been brought up on charges after that. Johnny uh, Depp was on every news channel you could find, but there's nothing to talk about Maxwell. Uh, just you know, it's uh. It's uh, crazy. <clears throat> yeah, bro. Like, like, now we sound like conspiracy theorists. Thanks, Anubis. Thanks. So, so yeah, well, here's my 10-4 here's my baseball cap. <laughs> right? So in Colorado, right, because Black people, you know, I don't have a, I'm not an organ donor. No, I'm not. Y'all going to have to fight for anything because y'all ain't getting nothing if I check. Y'all going to fight. <laughs> right? So in Colorado, there is a case of a funeral home director who got busted selling the body parts of someone who should have been cremated. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. That's you know, I you're gonna have to send me this, bro. We're gonna have to, so yeah. you know the whole thing, man. So even back with Planned Parenthood, fetus body parts cost. Are a, a high a high item. You wouldn't think about it, but uh, uh, there's a there's a price tag attached to everything. Um, and those fetal body parts get sold. You you have, you know, so many people that go missing uh, of uh, the, the 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 browner shades. Those yeah. things are things are sold. You know, you got to. Now we sound like conspiracy theorists. Goddamn it, man! No, I mean like, listen, <laughs> I lived it, bro. Like when my wife gave birth to my daughter. We had to sign a whole bunch of documents and paper. They made us go through a whole bunch of bullshit paperwork to keep my wife's placenta. It came out of my wife's body. So why are we writing all these? Why are we getting permission? We didn't want to have the baby in the hospital anyway, but there were some complications that required us to go from the birth center to the hospital. We yeah. was like, well, we got to deal with these motherfuckers. All yeah. right, cool. Oh, it's crazy, bro. You know? It was, my, it was my all, children. all kind of shit, man. We was like, yo, we said natural. We don't want no drugs. Yeah. yeah. Right? The funny thing so, is with my with my four children, I was literally like, um, for lack of a better word, uh, a prison signing. Anybody that came through that, that's still in that door where my, my wife was and the, and the children, they had to sign what they were doing, the title, why were you here? And I watched them motherfuckers. And then when yeah. the, kid, the, the children were being, you know, taken out to be washed, I went right with them. Like, hey, hey, yeah. hey, doing no old switcheroo. Oh, you had a baby here? Where'd it go? I don't know. 
And people think, oh, you're crazy. Like that has happened. People have given birth to children and children disappear. Not melanated baby. Yeah. No. <laughs> not my melanated baby. No, not my melanated so, children. So you say about how how crazy it was how you had to fill out all this paperwork to, to do the stuff at the hospital, keeping me placenta. Yeah. yeah. Because you know, we wanted to encapsulate it. And because there's, you know, research that says encapsulating the placenta is it does various things and in the future you just you might want to have it right all that yeah, weird, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know holistic, holistic. yeah 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 so but they and they had a sign in all kind of paperwork i was like yo like this is crazy you know why do y'all want to keep this so bad <laughs> right <laughs> So, and, 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 okay, so that my tinfoil hat is on, right? <laughs> all right, wait, let, me, let me do my disclaimer first. The yeah. health defense solutions are not a tinfoil supporter, all right? We, we deal with hard facts, hard facts. All right, go ahead, dude, let's go. Go ahead, bro. So, uh, can you tell me how much on your computer, uh, is it an ounce or a gram of melanin? is worth in the in the in the um, synthetic form all right so they said a gram of hold on a melanin is between 400 and 550 dollars okay now juxtapose that with the same amount or same weight for how much gold is worth all right gram of gold all right so for gold Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. Give me the give me the numbers, Google. Give me the numbers. Yeah, give me the, <laughs> the hard facts, homie. The hard facts, bro. I'm trying to get these facts here. Hold on. That's crazy. It's fifty five dollars a gram. Hmm. <laughs> so I used to always say I, I took I so this goes back to like um there's a very bo- good book that talks about like the Anyway, there's a reason a lot of black people have distrust for Western medicine. Uh, you got Tuskegee, you got uh, medical also, apartheid. Yeah, exactly. medical apartheid. You got also I forget, but there's so there's one they had in the 70s where uh I think it was St. John's Hop St. John. I'm trying to remember what Hop, what university John was. University? John Hopkins. John Hopkins, thank you. See, that's why it's good to have smart brothers around. Right, niggas been missing in John Hopkins, bro. Yeah. And still to this day. Yeah, so it's a lot of stuff. You remember when um was it Katrina? There was some natural disaster that was happening. They found a place that had all these black body parts in it, came floating out. Mm-hmm. So this sounds like conspiracy, but these are things that actually happened. So document. you have to consider if this is what is happening that we find documented and it's hidden, what is not being documented. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I put on there like you ain't taking my organs. Like when I die, like I want them all put in the same shoebox with my Jordans. Like I want. I want that in like I got a little sarcophagus drawn with me. I ain't taking nothing. Yeah, I want to give no opportunity, no excuse. Yeah, well, my wife and I, we have a will and a trust because my wife's a financial advisor. Smart. And the last thing we want is, God forbid, the main breadwinner, something happens to them. And now we got to fight the courts. And you heard about probate. Chadwick Bozeman and his estate? Bruh, she made a post about it and got a ton of clients off of that. She was like, y'all, and he's dealing with millions. Most of us ain't dealing with that amount of money, but we they, still they lost o- almost a third of their money just because there wasn't a willing state. Say, I don't believe that about Prince. I think they do that stuff on purpose. Prince, smart as Prince was, he ain't had no will. Come on, 
Michael Jackson, smart as he was, he ain't had no. Come on. Come on, man. Nah. Nah. I don't know about Michael, but I definitely heard about Prince. Um, once again, this is me yeah. shooting from the hip because I didn't actually research these. So if y'all want to try to say something, that'll go, you know, take a long walk off a short pair. But <laughs> um, I mean, Chadwick Bozeman, they said he didn't have a will, and the government took at least one third of his uh his wealth, which would have should have been distributed to his family and stuff like that. 900 k went to probate court, homie. For what? Push and paper, bro. Yo, Nubis, that's why I'm considering getting into uh, being a lawyer, bro. I was like, wait a second. They be getting banked for just copy oh, paste. $600 an hour? <laughs> and that's, that's, not a good, that's not even a good lawyer, that's Nubis. That's, that's, a, that's a lawyer showing up with like coffee stays or your depositions and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name? Anabus? All right, Anabus, how you doing? Get a high five, bro. High five. All right, let's, we're ready for this. Let's go in there. They're not going to get you for child support today. I got you. Like, God. That's not even the case we're here for, bro. Like, what are you talking about? Five Gs for a retainer? Just to no. what? Yo, they, they, retainers are crazy. This is one dude Um, I I know of in Pennsylvania. He's real good for 2A stuff. He's, like, nationally really, really good. And his yeah, retainer yeah. starts at 150K, bro. 150K. Just, you want, you need me for anything. Just, just sign that house to me real quick. All that. He's in there playing your PS5. Why are you trying to like, sign that house to me right quick, right? <laughs> let me get that let me get that light house off you real quick, bro. You need some <laughs> 150k is, is a retainer, bro. And it is. always goes past the retainer. You never get you never get 149,000 back in your retainer. You know what? It's such an easy case. Here's 149,000 back. They, never. That retainer's no. gone, bro. No, it's gone. Gone. Then it's, um, it's, it's it's yeah. No, I didn't know crazy. that about the uh the melanin and the gold, bro. That's crazy. So uh, a gram of melanin is worth 900 times more than a gram of gold. Yep. Uh-oh, you're going to have to start talking about Bilderbergers and stuff, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if it's a Bilderberg, a small hat, a, a Southern Confederate. It all boils down to white supremacy. Yeah. I don't care what you talk. I don't have time to discriminate what you personally do and what your religion is and all that BS. Nope. White supremacy. That's yeah. what it is to me. That that needs to be replaced with a system of justice. And it's just, it's it's kind of funny now that <clears throat> you know we're dealing with this whole abortion thing. And you're gonna talk about Roe v. Wade? Oh man, you crazy. crazy. Hey man, listen, like listen, I, I just the people. And I get it, bodily autonomy, bodily autonomy, bodily autonomy. Yeah, that portion I do get. But at the point when our society is, we're gung-ho about destroying babies before they even have a chance. And we're like, we should have the right to do that. And and it's so passionate. And so I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of observing. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm not saying anything. I'm just kind of looking at it like, hmm. Okay. All right. Cool. That that that's how you really feel. Interesting. Okay. I now I know how to, you know, I know how to navigate through that. Yeah. Right. So, you know, um, and uh, it, it's just it's just interesting to circumvent that to super to to superimpose that over, you know, the gun laws. Right. The the New York situation. Like Supreme Court was like, oh yeah, we smashed that, homie. And then the governor of New York was like, nah, that ain't how I go down in New so York. Wait, wait. So in New York, they now say you got to take tests, training, 
submit your social media to be reviewed. Like all sorts of stuff. Like all these bro, things. That you need to know the people in your house, bro. Then you know who's in your house. You got to have character witnesses. Like you got to go through more vetting than to become the, the mayor of New York. Yo, nigga, just move. Y'all need to do a mass exodus from New York. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> get out. Escape from New York is now. Escape Everybody move to Montana. Plenty of room. Escape from New York. I like how you said Montana, bro. <laughs> well, you got people <laughs> <in> Montana. <laughs> They're gonna be like, hey, don't be sending them over here. Don't be sending them over here, man. Um, it's, it's very interesting. Before. One thing that's interesting to me about the uh, the Roe v. Wade thing is how people can feverishly support body autonomy in that instance, but not when it comes to the vaccination stuff. Like, it's like the whole thing, like, it all speaks of hypocrisy for me, you know? Right. The government, the government should mandate this, or the government can't mandate this. Well, and, and the other thing is what I what I noticed um, monitoring social media. Oh yeah, yeah, the, uh, the cesspool that it is. Meanwhile, yeah, these no. two guys talk about what women should be doing, but then we're talking about but women talk about what men should do with their bodies. That get a vasectomy. Well, I mean, they are reversible, noobs. Get a vasectomy, bro. What are you doing? Uh, well, trust me, I, I gave my wife an option. I said, "Hey, listen, <laughs> you need to pop out another one because I'm about to be 43." <laughs> right, I'm gonna give you a choice. I'm gonna either put one in you. Why you sound? Why you sound like a mobster? You know, you're doing the easy way, yeah. doing the hard way, huh? Yeah, it's the deal. It's, this, 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 this. Here's your options. <laughs> you get A or you get B. I get the snip, snip, or you get the baby in the <laughs> baby in the belly, right? So I'm like, yo, which one you want? Like, I'm a. You don't tell me what you want to do. I'm gonna make it for you, right? And I'm gonna go for the snip. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can't do that without my what? Yeah, it's, it's interesting, man. Uh, I, I always support. I take it back to allow people to live responsibly, but meaning they take the responsibilities for everything that happens with them. And most people don't want that, bro. They want that I'm coddled and safe belief, but it is certainly not a reality. And the thing is, government is going to tell you all sorts of nice stuff while they're still fucking you. It's just what they do. And here, and here's the problem, bro. People don't know who the hell Margaret Sanger was. Yep. They don't know did what. You, did you know that the not the Nazis came to America to learn about eugenics from the Americans? <laughs> it wasn't like there's a secret like Nazi cell teaching it. No, that's Americans that's had that on lock. It's like, oh, if you want to destroy races, uh, ask the natives that were here and brainwash and and. <laughs> the Nazi playbook came from the U.S., homie. It did. It's a fact. Well, the same thing, too. That's what I'm saying. People are supporting these organizations going from the current moniker and iteration they put out. Right. But you don't know. Like, if you look at who's really there in the history, it's the same organization. They yeah. might change how they present it. That's the same thing with white supremacy. They might change how they present it, but the same thing's happening. So, Absolutely. like, all these people have holidays. They have, you know, LGBTQ rainbows on their stuff but at the same time they're not giving up any real significant power it's just that simple yeah, right you, you're well, not getting any lasting change on so many fronts you know i'm i'm not a huge fan of holidays anyway yeah um, i, I cry i cry when june teeth got codified i was like oh they're gonna take it away from us it's gonna lose its potency bro <laughs> well that's the thing we're gonna that's lose the, the coochie chocolate of it bro we ain't gonna be able to determine what we're gonna do oh, for it, bro. i mean juneteenth the holiday itself is a nothing burger with a side of wind sauce and air pudding. Yeah, right. Bro. 
it, it's nothing. It was a big thing down south because, like, when I was in um the southwest, we did stuff for Juneteenth, so I liked it. It wasn't a thing that was like everyone did nationally. No, Juneteenth was huge before y'all decided to give everybody the damn day off. Yeah, everybody get the day off, really? Everybody, come on, man. How about just give us double pay for that day? Give, yeah, yeah. If I gotta work, I, I need to be paid time <laughs> off and I need to get double time and a half for being there. Yep. Right. Or just give me pay, a paid day off. Like, come on, bro. Um, also, I mean, the whole thing with reparations, they, uh, we, we going all over. We going all over, bro. See? Hey, bro. It's a <laughs> conversation. Let's go. Oh, man. So, are you aware? Um, so, you know, they've done plenty of studies for uh, the Holocaust for the Jewish people and how it had affected and augmented their DNA. So, do you remember how long this the, the Jewish Holocaust lasted? Uh, what was it? Six years? Yeah. So, uh, you might have some numbers to say. It's really, they say from 41 to 45. Some okay. people make it longer than that. Let's bump it up to a decade. Yeah, all right. And, you know, let's bump it up. Now, yeah. you have, you know, the Maafa, you know, you got the diaspora, you know, you got chattel slavery, you got diaspora. Uh, how many years is that? Uh, I think it was. <laughs> I think it's like four hundred minimum. Minimum. So how do you think that plays? I'll, I'll even say three. Three. Oh, you gonna knock? All right, three hundred. Three hundred. You must be a Trump supporter or something. All right, three. No. <laughs> three hundred years. So that goes into people's DNA. So where are the supports and studies for the black people who have survived? The diaspora and the Maafa and the chattel slavery, all that. Nowhere. Well, HR 40, uh, they're 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 you know, they're trying to pass HR 40. Your boy um uh Clyburn in South Carolina, who um was being uh he was running for his seat and Marcel Dixon was running against him. Well, Marcel, well, some people who ran up on him at one of his fish fries and was like. <laughs> Yo, like, what's up with reparations? Wait, 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 wait. All right, first of all, I need you to run that back. Start, start say that statement back over again. <laughs> well, you know, Clyburn has fish fries. Right? Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, niggas like to eat, wait, right? Wait, wait. Clyburn has fish fries and he's in charge of what? What, what was he trying to push through with HR 40? The commission no. developed reparations. He just does that to keep his congressional seat because as long as people is fed, they'll go along like lemmings, right? <laughs> so you have some people who were, you know, they were with Marcel Dixon and they were like, yo, uh, Clyburn, what's up? What's up with reparations? And he's on video saying, why the fuck y'all keep fucking with me about this reparations things? I've been doing the thing for 40 years. I'm like, damn, 40 years? 40 years. Did you see how fast they passed the Asian hate crime bill? It's like two weeks, bro. Bro, listen, it wasn't bipartisan anything. It didn't need a vote. Two it weeks. It didn't need none of that. Two weeks, bro. Two weeks. And not only that, brothers and sisters. <laughs> two weeks. Right? Look at look at how much money they're expending in Ukraine right now in that oh, conflict. Oh, the $40 billion drop? That was one. They, that was one of many drops, bro. One of many. Billion? Well, hold on. Hold on. They're trying to dis disarm us, but they arming them with straight automatics. 
Well, you, you wait. Let's all right. Hold on. I'm gonna try to look up how many weapons the Ukraine gave out. So for one, people talk about what to do about mass shooters and stuff like. Anybody yeah. that doesn't see mass shooters as a mental I- issue has problems. Um, you got uh, the World Trade bombing. Uh, Jimmy Timothy Mavey. How many people died there? He he didn't use one gun. Uh, it's like 400 people died, something like that. Something yeah. crazy. Uh, yeah. Which was conveniently where some of the Clinton files were located. <clears throat> <laughs> Clinton files. Um. Anyway, so <laughs> yeah. Um. You have all sorts of stuff. You have uh the the Sioux massacre massacre wounded knee. They disarmed yep. the Sioux and then murdered women and children. Uh, vast majority of them. That was like three hundred people. Uh, yeah. There's all sorts of ways people are gonna kill. They want to kill. You have uh people in China. There's a dude in China who who stabbed like thirty plus people on a train, bro. I said, what people. kind of how many? What kind of conditioning does his hand have? <laughs> like my man's like, I gotta use my right hand now. Wait, I gotta use my left. Thirty he, people, bro. Was he a master in the the Filipino art of? <laughs> no, he wasn't a Kali No, he's just an angry Chinese dude, yo. He got people in the train and just start going to work, bro. Thirty people. So, so people who want to do this is the issue because no one in their right mind wants to go hurt some children. Why would you want to hurt children? Why would you want to shoot up a parade? Exactly. That's not normal. But no one's yeah. addressing it. Also, well, a lot of times, kill say, bro, with a bow and arrow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do killing people with bow and arrows. Yeah. Yo, a a a, 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 a British citizen or an immigrant will stab your ass up, homie. Yeah. There's more stabbings that happen in Great Britain than anywhere else on the planet. Yep. And people keep pointing to it and how that's a success that they don't have firearms anymore. I saw a trend. I don't have the exact numbers for this right now because that was this was not the topic of the day. But after all, I got yeah. problems. But they said there was a trend where, after they disarmed the people in Great Britain, like meaning they outlawed you know private firearms and stuff like that, home invasions went up exponentially. And usually with home invasions, people were doing it like when people weren't there. They waited mm-hmm. to make sure people were there so they can at least make sure they were getting wallets and stuff like that. I think that's a lot more dangerous uh, yeah. than you know. Um, so Ukraine gave out 18,000 rifles in one day. Uh, you also had a thing where Taiwan's been trying to train their citizens to get ready for a potential uh, conflict with oh, mainland China's China. going in, bro. Oh. China's going in. <laughs> China, They're going China, in. China is going full tilt, bro. China don't give no fucks. So <laughs> the ruple is up right now because the Chinese, Russian, Eurasian coalition. Oh, yeah, thing. yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, uh, China, uh, China, Indian Dimble Pa. They're not afraid of anything, man. They're, they're, yeah. <laughs> I try to think of a funny way to say Chinese, but Chinese doesn't have a lot of puns and shit. But uh, right. anyway, but yo, bro, um, so now they're trying to train the people like in Ukraine. This is why you have a Second Amendment. So instead of people having to learn in a, 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 a weekend course of how to protect themselves and their family, they could be doing this regularly, training and practicing in case something happens. Ukraine gave out 18,000 assault rifles in one single day trying to get prepared. They got over $40 million, $40 billion in aid from the U.S., not to count the total aid they got from other countries. So they're trying to take farmers, DJs, teachers, and turn them into combatants against a Russian war machine. That's a bad time to learn. Um, did you hear about the woman who shot the dude uh, who was trying to um, do a mass shooting at, in West Virginia? So this Love dude it. was driving around by all reports. I wasn't there, so I'm just I'm just reporting on what 
<laughs> well, hold on. I'm going to pull up the article, actually. <laughs> um, this dude was being a, a D-bag. He's driving around being real aggressive around an event that has small children. So yes. as any reasonable group would say this, hey, man, can you stop driving like a D-bag? So he got offended. He left, came back, back with an AR. Yeah, came back with an AR. Let me share it on screen so people can see. So uh, this is Ch Charleston Police Department Chief of Detectives. All right. Uh, so no charges will be filed against a woman who said was understandably shaken by the ordeal. So the dude who came back, Butler, had an extensive criminal history, which means he was what? A prohibited possessor, which means that the law did not stop him from getting it. Right. So if you change all these laws to stop people from getting them legally, this would not have stopped them in any capacity. All right. So this dude shows up um, and was shooting at de dozens of people and she aired him out. So this is a she wasn't a former Green Beret. She wasn't no formal spec ops. She wasn't in Spetsnaz. She wasn't in any military capacity, wasn't in any law enforcement capacity. She yeah. said instead of running from the threat, she engaged. So several lives were saved last night. So one woman. All right. So she didn't wait for other police to show up. She didn't look for help. She reached into her arsenal, whatever, and produced a firearm. A lot of times people argue, too, that, oh, well, someone has an AR. There's no chance you have a pistol. You can do anything. Uh, there's no monop monopoly on violence. If you use force and you, you are able to affect greater damage, they're no longer a threat. It's that simple. It's just that simple. bro. And here's the thing with, with, with the... Uh... And, and they don't put this stuff on regular news media. <clears throat> I didn't no, see this don't. anywhere. Fox News, CNN, ABC, none of that. that. West Virginia woman saves lives. This is the same weekend of Evaldi. It was within days of Evaldi. Yep, yep, yep. And and here's and here's the other parts of that, bro. Is first of all, I don't consider myself a liberal. I don't consider myself conservative. I don't consider myself libertarian. None of those labels. They right? like they like labels, bro. They they love labels. But I'm gonna tell you, you can't label me. I'm unlabelable, right? <laughs> So you have these liberals who are like, you know, um, oh, you don't need an AR-15 and you don't need and you don't need. And then what, what one lady said was that, oh, you know, these people who have concealed carry permits, they overestimate their abilities. Oh, yeah. From that article. So one thing you I noticed, know as as Anubis, as soon as she said that, I said she's in a victim mentality mindset. If you see yourself as a person having things done to them instead of being yep. the person and act, because you have people, there's two types of people. There's active, oh, middle finger. There's active people who are going around and they're acting. Yeah. It's in the word. And you have passive people who are observing and letting things happen to them. Yep. You can see it. So the difference, let's say a real straightforward example. Uh, let's say someone's being assaulted, right? You'll have mm -hmm. someone who will walk away yep. or call the police when they're in safety. And you also right. have somebody who say, hey, Stop brutalizing that person. Those right. are two distinct different people. Yeah. Now, not everybody's going to be able to do the latter where you're going to be the person to get yourself in there. I've right. done that. It's not a bravado thing where I think I'm tough or I'm seeing a Superman. Yeah. I do it out of empathy for humanity. I know right. someone's got a knife to my throat and I'm in a bad situation. I hope my, my eyes looking around, somebody would be like, yo, that dude might need some help. I hope. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Absolutely. that's why I act is out of empathy and humanity. I don't act because I'm trying to prove something act because if I was in a bad situation, I would hope somebody would help me too. Nobody wakes up hoping to be a hero. No, bro. No. Look up, as much as, as much as you and I probably train, 
Nobody, we don't wake up talking about today, we're going to hopefully save a life and be in the news and be regarded as a heat. No, I don't want that. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is after I started carrying, personally, not when I worked as a cop, but after that, when I stopped working as a cop, I became a thousand times more meek and observant to try to mitigate any possibility for me having to use force. Yeah. I've had people hit me and I'd be like, oh, you got it, bro. You, you right, go ahead. But it really, I'm like, yo, that dude hits like a bitch. But anyway, uh, <clears throat> but yeah. I, w- I made sure to preclude every possibility of me having to use a firearm because I would never want to be put in that situation where I had to take a life. Yeah, no. And, and that's the other thing. Like, you know, there's, there's, <clears throat> you know, I've been doing martial arts since I was 14, different styles and different, um, you know, uh, forms and all that kind of stuff. Right. By any means, that doesn't mean I'm like, you know, uh, can fend off three guys at once. Like, nah, bro. You know like, the five finger, de- five finger death punch. Yeah, you know? yeah. She pinky finger hold or whatever, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying, no, I never want to be in that situation. But because I'm so self-preserved, self-defense minded, I train for that person that will pummel me, right? Because there's always going to be somebody out there that's able to subdue you. Yeah. <laughs> just go. You hopefully I don't run into that dude. I don't ever want to meet him. You're gonna be like the police chief. He's in. The, he's in one wing. The shooter's in another wing. <laughs> <laughs> no. But what I'm saying is, you know, I, I train because I hope that I never have to do it or or be involved or you know. I mean, I've been in fist fights and stuff like that, and <laughs> until I started studying you know, or practicing Balenta walk, you know, nine chances out of 10, a lot of that stuff I learned really didn't come out because it's all cognitive, Yeah. right? Uh, but once you start getting into the non-cognitive stuff and you, you, you train on that and it's random, now you're dealing with something. Now you gotta, that- you gotta flesh out what you mean by cogn- cognitive and non-cognitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So cognitive- people who are familiar, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the, in, in, in the martial arts world or training for anything, even in firearms, um, the dynamics of how to throw a punch, the dynamics of how to throw a kick and a block and a parry and all that stuff, that stuff is cognitive, right? Because you're trying to teach yourself or someone is trying to teach you how to perform a specified movement. Now it gets into the repetitive thing where as a repetitive motion, now you're building muscle memory, right? But the problem is now when you're dealing with the environment and you're dealing with something that's random and you're trying to pull up those cognitive movements, that doesn't work on the street. You see what I'm saying? So non-cognitive means when you're dealing with a threat, right? You don't have time to pull up a kata or when you were sparring at the dojo because that's completely different. The environment is completely different, right? You're talking about a a trained reaction or making something second nature versus thinking about what I have to do at this point. Um, Yes. Another important thing that people don't realize often is that reaction is always slower than action. So if someone sees you as a mark and they decide they're going to, all right, as soon as he turns around, I'm going to hit him or put this bag over his head. Yep. You're trying to be like, oh, wait, I got to get this bag off. You're already on a backflip. You're already okay. in the basket. So you have to be aware of it before. <laughs> you got you to be aware of that. That happened to a friend of mine. Yeah. Yeah. The, the uh, bag over the head? 
no, second, he bagged himself. Second degree black belt. Um, we was in high school and <laughs> substitute teacher, so it was wild as shit. Right? <laughs> uh, a fight ensues, and my homeboy was like, uh, you know, he, I was like, oh shit, my boy about to get in that ass, right? So this fool had a pullover on at the time. Those pullovers were really popular. So this fool was like, it. man, he pulled his pullover. Dude just started. <laughs> I said, oh, oh shit, oh, stop hitting <laughs> Right? And oh, man. I literally oh, had to break man. up the fight, bro, because man, he was I, I, Hey, hey, that, to your friend's defense, he thought they was going like, to exchange names and like school styles and stuff like that. And and uh, the dude's like, he, I got these hands, bro. Um, that, that street shit, bro. That's what, even when you're, even when you're, you're practicing traditional martial arts for the art or the physicality of it. My thing is throughout my whole time training, I would always, always, always go to different schools and be like, yo, can I spar with y'all real quick? How much is the mat fee? $15. Okay. Boom. Got that. And, and I would just get it in with whoever. Right. And what that does is that says, Hey, yeah, we were practicing this particular technique. I tried it and it wasn't something that I could use in that moment. Right. So dudes that are like hood street fighters, you know, cats like Light Burley and, you know, who have martial skills, but are also street. Them dudes are nightmares, man. Yeah. Because they have so many scenarios and fights and situations under their belt. <laughs> and then you got the street environment where they're like, oh, you thought I was going to punch you? Nah, bam, there's a bottle. <laughs> bam, there's a trash can top. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're trying to fight with honor and oh no, we're going to fight like gentlemen. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, bro. What's that old yeah. adage? If you if you fight in fair, you're not fighting to win. And every fight in the street is for your life. You you can't risk it. Uh, I, yeah. I I used to go on this website, Live Leak. You ever go in there? No. Live Leak has a lot of um real CCT footage of stuff. And mm. you'll see stuff in Brazil and different areas where especially Brazil and um South America, which is, you know, Brazil is there. And also, Mexico. Yeah. A lot of stuff happens in Brazil and then Eastern Europe. And you'll see people like winning the fight, showing off, and then like enjoying the fight. And then all of a sudden somebody produces a knife out of nowhere and it's like, oh, wait, oh, I'm dead now. Or like yeah. they're beating up somebody, showing off, having fun, doing ground pounds, showing all the techniques. And then one of the friends come from blindsides and then the dude's on the ground dead. Like, you got to realize yeah. like you're not trying to prove anything. You're not trying to be fancy. You're just trying to get it finished as fast as you can, however efficiently you can, and keep it moving, man, because, oh, ego, that's always true, bro. E well, who's it by? Uh, this is by Ryan Holiday. Ryan Holiday. Ego's always, yeah, man. Um, Yeah, man, uh, ego, man. That, oh, that's crazy. Fact that you can get punched by a dude and be like, all right, dude, you know what? You got it. I'm not even tripping with you right now. Like, Because okay. I was like, if that's your best punch, like, there's really no reason for me to fight you, because I would, like, murder you, bro. It's I crazy. Uh. So, so every now and then, every, like once a year, I try to do like a full contact uh, fight to see, make sure I still got it and stuff like that. So I went yeah, to yeah. A, a full contact fight back in June, cold turkey. And I was trying to remember the rules as I went into it because I had a different fighting rule set. So okay. I was so involved. This is going back to action is faster than reaction. I yeah. was so involved trying to make sure I remember the rules and sort of how to strike what we couldn't do that. I was like, 
getting outpaced and lit up some. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So I was just like, at the end of it, I was just like, F all this. I don't remember all the rules. I don't want to DQ or hurt somebody. So right. I just start playing distance with him. So when he tried to do stuff, I would just jump in and jam him and mm-hmm. then like tie him up. But I was like, we can't throw. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, <laughs> so it was interesting. Um, yeah. But it made me very, one, remember that, you know, a tool unused is worthless because I was like, I got to get back to training hard and, and banging and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, bro. And then two, stop thinking. Cause I was thinking and like my, 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 my mentor was like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, thank you. And he's like, what do you, you can't fight when you think it, nigga. He's like, what am I in? He's like, you know, I'll punch a kick, just kick up my nigga. I was like, oh. Oh, but, but like, because one, I wasn't in any real danger. Like, granted, you know, he's a 200 pound man trying to take my head off, but I didn't get hurt. And I had no real reason to hurt him. I was just, so I was like overthinking like how to do this properly. And yeah. while, while I was thinking, I didn't do anything. So I was just like, that's not good. I, was like, I, I looked at it afterwards. I was looking at the fight footage. Like, yeah, that, 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 that's not good. I, I, yeah. I, I know why I was thinking. I, you don't think yeah. in a fight. Uh, and yeah. that's the whole thing. Like, you have to train responses so that when something happens, you know what to do. You also have to train. So one of the important things I tell people, you have to consider in your personal protection world, you will do this at this point. So let's mm-hmm. say, for example, you're out in new business with your family and uh, someone aggresses upon you. Just spatially, they're coming in. You can they're be they're lining straight towards you. You know that you, all right, I'm gonna blade myself to protect my family and address it directly. You're not gonna be like, uh, what what are you doing, sir? And he's already like, oh, ah! <laughs> like I noticed that this was an atypical movement. I know there's a potential for danger. This is what I do to divert the danger. Um, yeah. And a lot of people, especially people not used to violence, they don't know these things to consider. So like in yeah. Philly, there's a big thing where a lot of people will be hanging around gas stations, pumps especially pumps and round doors. So what I do is I'll circle around and try to find where there are no per- people around the pump because I'm trying to pump my gas. If there is a person, I'll get out and address the person directly. Yo, my man, um, is there anything I can help you with? Because usually they'll ask like, oh, I want to pump so I can get some money or do you got some change? It's usually the latter. They just try to get bump some money off. Them. Right. But I will right, address right. them directly so that I already have an instant feedback on what is their intent. So if they don't respond and they start walking towards me, Oh, he's he's not here to talk. Right. Oh, we're not talking. That means <laughs> so yeah. if you need something, be like, all right, well, I'm gonna pump my gas. You stay over there when I'm done, I'll hand you some change or something, you know. Yeah. But I don't want you running up on me. All right, cool. Yeah. And a lot of yeah. people don't think about that stuff. Well, you I think mean, about different things. Yeah, I mean, I, I I try to impart that onto my students, man. Like, y'all gotta be able to see it coming. Yep. And and it, and if you're and there's wrong, always pre-violence indicators. You just have to be aware of what they are. When they say, "Oh, it came out of nowhere," I don't know. There's always something. It's just you're not paying attention. Bro, I had a student who hesitated to come train with us because she was scared of guns. I'm like, okay, the gun is the tool, right? But this is the weapon right here. She said that what made her come, your mind is the weapon. Train with us was because she was in her car. And she didn't see this dude try to open up her door. Wow. That's crazy. She tried to start the car, but because adrenaline diminishes your fine motor skills. skills. Yeah. And she panicked. So she was trying to put her car into gear and it was in neutral and she didn't understand. All she heard was. That's crazy. The car wasn't going nowhere. And so the dude kind of finally just walked off. But I was like, yo, had your fucking doors not been locked? He's also fortunate the dude just decided to walk off because she was yeah. literally a sitting duck. 
bro, I said, yo, you went from condition white to red instantly. But since she didn't have the emotional fitness of training in condition red or condition yellow, she was ineffective in condition red. A lot of people, when they go to red, they shut down. I mean, they don't yep. think anymore because they can't think. They're trying to process what's happening, but they're overwhelmed with stimuli. Yep. They don't move because they're still trying to process and things just happen yep. to them. And meanwhile, the aggressor already has decided what they're going to do. Um, and they're getting punched, stabbed, choked, yep. thrown into the back of a van and yep. traffic. So <laughs> it, it's, it's very, that's, it's, yeah, that's amazing, man. Um, there's uh, this book called, uh, no, it's not, where am I? I get, I'm forgetting my stories. There's a really good book called uh, When Violence is the Answer by Tim Larkin. Um, there's a story I heard about, who told me the story? There's a lot of anecdotes to hyperboles you can find, but basically yeah. one of the important things I show people when they're doing their training and I, I do consultations with them is that even if you don't know exactly what they train for specifically, because you can't train for every scenario, but if you consider possibilities, at least you have like when you're going through your Rolodex, this mm -hmm. might fit here. You know, yeah. I can maybe try this. Right. Um, and that's better than trying nothing, you know? Uh, like if someone's trying to stab you, like, all right, I want to make sure they can't stab my, my main trunk of my body. I want to try to protect my arteries. Yeah. So you, you, yeah, you do that. So it's better to get cut on the outside, get your hands cut and stuff out than getting your wrists and stuff slashed open, getting stabbed in the AO or stuff like that. So granted, that's not a winning strategy, but that could very well save your life, you know? Yeah. Um, also, you know, just different things like in terms of, uh, watching people's body language, that's a very big telltale sign. People acting atypical, you know, I'm not telling you anything. But these are things that people have to consider and people don't know these things because you don't know what you don't know. And you have to go to someone that knows this stuff so they can share their time and experience and expertise and accelerate you so you don't have to live through this stuff. I've seen people get knocked out because they weren't paying attention. I've seen people get all sorts of things happen because they were talking to someone when it was no longer time for talking. So if we're just close. We're not talking no more like this, bro. We're not <laughs> 20, 21 plus feet homie like oh, yeah. the, 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 the bubble the i'm like walking up on me i might just do you in right there because i don't know what you're trying to do and i'm not yeah. about to get sucker punched now conversely people say oh they're 20 feet away why would you shoot them well because let me tell you you in 1.5 seconds if they uh what's your draw time baby what's your draw time <laughs> but yeah the fire motor skill is something man and then like the thing is, too, uh, when you pressure test stuff, you get used to working and stress, and you and there's no substitute for that. Yes. Um, there's a lot of ways to do that, but you have to feel what it's like to work against a non a non cooperative individual. You have to feel yeah. what it feels like. Bro, I gotta have you come out to 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 the ranch, bro. You know, I see that, man. I, so you let me know, bro. I'll be happy. You you let me what type of course yeah. you want to do. We can coordinate, collaborate, do a, a, a yeah. course or whatever, Absolutely. man. That's uh, what I'm talking arm, about. Arm, all that stuff. Um, yeah. I'm with it, bro. Um, yeah. All right. So, uh, how did you get into doing personal protection stuff? Um, man, dude, it's like, a different okay. path for everybody. So, for myself, I was very anti-gun growing up in Philly. Only people that had guns were criminals and cops. Sometimes they were the same. Yep. And I was like, I'm a, I'm a righteous young man. Like, you know, I, I got these two like pops from you know Friday. Yeah. And um, that took that did well for me because like back in the day, people be like, yo, uh. I used to go by a nickname. They used to be like, yo, Drew. All right? I ain't go by Adrian because Adrian's okay. a, little, a little feminine. And I, I kept yeah, yeah. back in the day, being a feminine, people used to come at you all the time. So I got tired of that stuff. I went by Drew for right. a while. That, that's my own insecurity. 
So anyway, they were like, "Yo, I heard you can, I heard you can rumble. You want like, let's square up." And people would just square up with you to fight, see if you can scrap. And that yeah. was an honorable thing. It wasn't like, "Oh, you be walking somewhere it's like that's Drew. Let's hit him in the back of his head." It was different growing up in the nineties. So conversely, with that, I went through a lot of different things and I learned stuff. And then when I became a cop, I saw that it wasn't about if you're a bad person doing bad things. I right. saw it wasn't about if you're in a good neighborhood or a bad neighborhood. Right. Um, and seeing what happened to people who were visited by violence and they weren't prepared for it, some of them didn't survive. Some of them were never the same physically, mentally, financially. So after that, I was just like, yo, I got kids. I'm not worried about scrapping with nobody anymore. I'm not... Yeah. I'm going to get the sleep out of my eye trying to figure out what that noise is to get in the karate stance. Like, I fall that. Like, <laughs> yeah. you going to try to fight me? You're going to fight for your life, baby. Go ahead. Yeah, hold that thought. And um, doing the uh, one of the two survival trainings that I did with the Kiel Bay. Um, Where we were they a, at? Uh, they were both in Colorado. One was in the summer. One was in the middle of winter. All right, cool. I have to do yeah. a winter one with them. And I have to do a summer one with them. Yeah. I did a yeah. fall yeah. one in the mountains of Pennsylvania. Okay, yeah, you gully like me, two of them, you know what I'm saying? It's like, got to do it twice. Yeah, I was you know? we supposed to do one in uh, Baltimore, and he canceled it. He said he was having some uh, logistical issues with it. Okay, okay, okay. I get it. But um, this one... Uh, Which one was harder? The winter one was a little bit harder, yeah. Core temperature and all that stuff? Well, it, the temperature wasn't bad until it got to nighttime, and then on one day, it started like like snowing like really bad you uh-huh. know what I mean? so we had it was just wet and cold and it was crazy so but the day before that you know we had been navigating we had been doing all kind of crazy that land stuff. nav is a bitch ain't it oh my god i hate a lot yo land nav almost got me out of there bro i was almost just like no i was you know I was, I was giving myself pep talk i was like no bro i was like no we ain't come all this way. I spent all this money. I ain't gonna wait for my kids to come here and fail. I ain't failing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, Man, hit me, bro. Life Fighter 365, baby. Um, there you go, bro. Part of the Life Fighter crew. Um, but anyway, so there was this brother, and he was a big brother. And um, I could tell, <clears throat> I'm not gonna say he was soft, but I could tell like he was there to kind of test his metal, right? So, um, <laughs> Akil brought out the punching, <laughs> the punching, the fighting gear. Are you started it, laughing? <laughs> yeah, dog, like, yo, homie, he went up against his brother from New York and the other brother, I can't, I can't remember where he was from, but he was huge, man. He was like six, seven, 300 pounds. Like he was a big dude. Brother from New York. Boom, 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 was uppercutting and just throwing him hands the brother had no answers none he got caught one of these and he just covered up laid on the ground the kill was yelling i'm like get up why uh, coming to save you uh, get up. That's rough. keep hitting him don't hit him don't kill him but let him know <laughs> <he's down there. laughs> tap them tap them ribs right oh, and we were just like oh shit oh. out here dog we're at a caloric deficit we're sleep deprived, like the whole nine yards, bro. And then, so at the end of it, that's usually when your beast come out because you ain't got the niceties left in you, bro. Like, it gets like primal. I went, I went primal, dude. Yeah, because you ain't got no fucks left to give. He's like, fuck this. And, and and when I ran out of gas, is when I started getting fucked up. I was like, oh shit, I'm catching. 
what is, what is this going on? Like, yeah, right? And you get your second win, and you're like, that's enough. Motherfucker. Right? <laughs> right? So, but at the end of the course, uh, he the, the brother that got served up, he thanked the other brother. He was like, because I'd never been punched in the face before. Thank oh. you for that. But there's no substitute for that, bro. There's no substitute for that. Like, look, dude, I'm six, seven, three hundred something pounds. I usually intimidate people by my size, but I'm about to learn some martial arts. I'm about to do whatever because that shit. I used to always tell people, I much rather fight a smaller person than a big person. Oh, no, I much rather fight a bigger person than a small person. I don't like your center of gravity to be all low, especially like a short, stocky motherfucker. Like, you know, yeah. pitbull rock claymation golem motherfucker. Like, yo, I can get up on me and body slam my ass. I know, get on the nape of my neck. I can't get him off. Like, get him off. Get him off. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let those little arms connect. The little arms connect is over, bro. You get yeah. all, all yeah, my, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, shit. but uh, yeah, that was that was an incredible. I was like, damn, there's no substitute for getting hit in your face, bro. There's not. Um, well, it happened to me when I was about first grade. Right, hard in the, in, the, in the crayon box, man. Something, man. And, and it was a, I was there. I was at lunch. This little dude jumped in front of me in line, and I said, "Hey, man, you can't butt in front of me." <laughs> and he turned around, and was like, "What?" Folded <laughs> me right there. I was like, <laughs> "We go silent for a while." He goes silent. He got. He, he put you on mute. He put you on mute. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, man. That's yeah, I'm, I'm hollering for the teacher. But the thing is, too, like, you'll see, like, the people when they get pressure tests. So, like, for me, like, since I don't like hurting people, I have to have to either be protecting someone or you have to give me a reason to hurt you bad. Most times. Yeah. Because I'll just let it pass because I don't like hurt. Like, I know what it feels like to be hurt. It's not good. Mm-hmm. Um. But, like, when I used to do martial arts, like, more formally, like, I used to have, like, a club and teach people and stuff like that. One of the things they used to do is pressure test people because you learn how to punch and kick is cool, but if that happens on the street, you have to know how to take a punch and take a kick and keep going. And, you know, and uh, I remember I had this guy in the ROTC, and he's, you know, ROTC, you want to become an officer, and he just folded. Like, every time we did sparring, I was just like, bro, you're going to be in the military, like... I imagine you should know how to like persevere through and you gotta nut up, homie. Yeah, it's bad, bro. It was bad. So I, I talked to whoever was in ROTC with him. I was like, y'all might want to consider what y'all do with this fella. Cause uh if he's leading people and stuff and he's a guy that folds, that's not good. Yeah, you're gonna get motherfuckers work. Yeah, because some people have it, some people don't. It's just that same thing too. Remember, we we're talking about like active and passive people. Like I mean, it ain't nothing against it, but I remember I was talking to one of my good friends and um, we were having a conversation about firearms in the home and like personal protection and stuff. And he was like, oh, why would you have a gun? Killing people. I said, it is a tool that does kill people, but I can use many tools. I use my hand. I can use a spoon. I use a chair. I use that wall over there. Are you going to outlaw assault walls if I smash your head into the wall and it breaks? Like, it's not. I know. We got to outlaw these walls. You got brick walls everywhere. I'm scared. Like, no. So I said, it's a tool that helps me be more efficient if I need to do something, you know? Like, I, I can fight people, but if there's like three, four, five, whatever, I'm t- like, I'm not trying to fight all these people. All it takes is one person. Proximity negates skills. I can do all sorts of fancies. All we really got to do is catch me. We all got the same snooze button. We also got the same, you know? So uh, I was like, yeah, so that's why I have a firearm because once I had 
more at risk, namely my children and other stuff. I, was like, I can't risk to be behind on the power threshold. Yeah. And he's just like, well, if someone breaks in my house, I'll fight him. I was like, but you don't know how to fight. And he's just like, well, I, I won't give up. And I was like, so as you're dying, what is your next line? Of the f-? And I said, what about your child? And he's just like, well, I'll just do my best. So I was like, you going to say, fuck your kid, bro? I was like, yeah, that's great. What, what is that? Bro, he said he just do his best. I was like, wow. He said, like, you still not going to kill whoever's trying to kill you with a gun? Huh? Nope. Yeah. That was acceptable to him. Bro. I was like, that can't be acceptable. I can't I can't be carrying the groceries and someone hit me and the eggs fall. I'll be like, you up, kid. Ugh. Like, I can't, <laughs> I can't. I can't do that, bro. My, my mentality is, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit different as far as hurting people. Like, I don't go looking for you know, reasons to put hands on people and all that kind of stuff. But I'm of the mentality that um, if if you, if, cause I'm pretty cool, calm and collected. I'll let a lot of shit slide. But if you bring me to that level where I'm physically having to defend myself, I'm fucking you up. <laughs> and, and, you know, um, it's, it's, it's that thing where this individual really thought that they could impose their will upon me. So that's right? a very good point you're going to. You One thing I used to teach people is like, if someone's attacking you, you have to, for me, I become indignant. Like, who are you to think that you have the right or ability, the chutzpah, as some of my, you know, Hasidic Jew friends might say, yeah, yeah. to attack me? Like, where the hell do you get off doing that? And you have to become right. indignant in that point that this person dare try to impose on you. And that's your purpose. Like same thing about hurting my children. Like, how dare you think you do that? How like, and then at that point you use that to focus your will. Like, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, <clears throat> I was telling somebody the other day. There's like, I'm not violent. Violence is terrible. I was like, look, the universe is violent. <laughs> earthquake doesn't just, you know, just do a little wiggle. Yeah, the earthquake is like. Ugh, a volcano explodes. You, you want to see right. something that's violent? Look at some uh, African wild dogs hunt. Right. That's life. That's survival. That's that's where we live. Now, yeah. we are, you know, we're sentient. We have free will. We have the mind and the ability to intelligently disengage or de-escalate. And we're not just out here. Well, most of us. We're not just out here <laughs> like brutes and attacking people and just pillaging and all that kind of shit right we're not barbarians right but most of we us. can resort back to that barbarian shit well and we saw that during the pandemic man bro three meals bro, or nine, uh, three days three days and nine meals from chaos who said that i saw i heard that somewhere yo let the power be out for four days and, that's a quote i heard that quote somewhere they say three days from uh well, we know. are nine meals from total fucking humans resorting well, back you see to the thing when they you know we, we always hark back to it but like during the, the uh during the pandemic cops are saying and some police districts now are citing the cost of gas is being too expensive to come out for every call yeah i'm like what so so what happens if the resources get too scarce and the government's like hey guys we got to do an emergency executive order all gasoline, diesel, and petroleum yep. now has to be converted to, to our government to a government use only. <laughs> Yo, 
If they do that, it would be on and popping, bro. Oh, shit. So basically, you just declare martial law. And at that point, on and ah, popping, bro. Ah, Only right? government use. Only government use, bro. And, and I imagine that you might have some uh, prepper genes uh, within your oh, yeah. uh, DNA, right? <laughs> That's another conversation so, for off, off of the air, bro. <laughs> right, I understand. But what I'm saying is you're the type of person to foresee and be prepared for the unforeseen. You know what I'm saying? Because of what you do. Yeah. Right? Now, there's people who walk around like the guy you was talking about, like, oh, I'll just fight them the best way I can. Like, those are the motherfuckers that are going to come knocking on your door like, hey. You know how many, how many people asked you during the pandemic if they could borrow a gun or they could come to your place? I was like, yeah. My wife hears that shit all the time, man. If the shit hit the fan, we going to Anubis's house. My wife be like, <laughs> "Oh, you think so, huh? You think we gonna be there? <laughs> yeah. We been telling y'all this shit was coming." No, people, yeah, people are goof, man, goofy. So if if Pornhub and DoorDash wasn't available during the pandemic, it would have been a complete bloodletting and changing of the ties, bro. If people weren't able to beat their meat and get meat delivered to the house. They would have, cause you think about it, shit was going off pretty much. That's when they start giving people money. Is right, take some of this money. Yeah. Uh, we want to make sure nobody can get evicted. Cause if people were getting evicted and they didn't have money, all would have been, all would have been curtains, yo. All that it red, white, and blue were all on the same page. All that Democrat, Republican, all oh, that shit would have been out the window, bro. bro. And, all that, and, oh, I identify as, all that would have been out the window, bro. People yeah. identify as eating your shit or right now. <laughs> yes. And that's the thing. That's what I try to tell my students. Like, yo, like, like people band together to survive right, in yo. those moments. You're not dealing with America's just one. very tribalistic, but that's human nature in general, yo. Right. So, I mean, you look at Africa, right? There's one particular reason as to why, you know, a small group of <laughs> different white countries were able to go into Africa and divide it up. That's because they had a code. They were on code. Yeah. And the code was, yo, we coming to take your shit. You're, yeah, that happened after the, uh, the, the was it, the Dark Ages in Europe. It's just like, all right, all right, all right let's stop killing each other. We, there's resources elsewhere. Where are these well, resources at? <laughs> well, Massa Musa was walking around just throwing the shit in the streets. And they was like, that's Massa Musa's fault. He might have, we might have to talk to that brother. He might have incited some of this. That, that's <laughs> like, that nigga got what? We going to Africa. <laughs> Huh, how many right. horses? What? Yeah. Yo, look at so, that. How many wives? Is it? Yo, we going over there, bro. Yeah. So, so they got on code, and because of tribalism, say, you know, fuck being a crip, fuck being a blood, fuck being a Hutu and a Tutsi and all that shit. We got a threat that's coming. We can deal with that tribal shit later. Yeah. Let's deal with homeboy, right? But that wasn't the mentality, and that's still not the mentality. Yeah, it, it's crazy the tribalism, man. Um, that's definitely something to be addressed. I. I don't, I mean, besides pan-Africanism, I don't see any way to address it. And and people with pan-Africanism think of like hoteps and stuff like that. Um, when there's a much more uh central ideology with Garveyism and stuff like that, you know. Uh it's just that we all come from a common shared experience and a common heritage. And you can always find divergence, but find the commonalities. And in the right. commonalities, you have strength. It's just that well, simple. Yeah, and, and the, the, the problem is um, 
the, the tribalism and when 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 our brothers and sisters from the diaspora come here they see us as a separate tribe in some instances now that's not to say um individually right we can't be like you know clicked up and all that kind of stuff but collectively a lot of times um we're seen to be uh stayed away from or we're seen as hey like when you go over there you're there to go to school and you know get as much money as you can don't be messing around with them you know black americans right and it's just kind of like really and <clears throat> i've even heard people who are like second and third generation uh immigrants from the diaspora say yeah my parents told me straight up don't fuck with y'all yeah like wow interesting is, you know? is that a legacy of white uh, white supremacy or is it a legacy of uh something else well it, tribalism it, who is it it's, who, I don't know. It's, well, it, I think it's a symptom of white supremacy because, you know, in certain parts of Africa, you know, you, you'll see them holding up um, the, the Caucasian man as the savior, right? That was and one then, thing that surprised me talking to some of my, um, my friends from West Africa. Uh-huh. I knew more West African history than them in West Africa. And I was like, how is this possible when you're in Ghana? You're because in, we're the ones that hold up Pan-Africanism. They don't hold That's what it was. Is because they were going to British schools. Mm-hmm. And they were learning in a, in a European educational system, which wholly categorically said there were no accomplishments of Africans. And this yeah. is when they're in the midst of all this stuff. Like, it's, cra- it's crazy. And that's in, um, that's in, like, the early 2000s when it's only, like, 30 years after Nkrumah and stuff like that. Like, he was alive... 20 years ago, y'all don't, he got a whole university, y'all. <laughs> oh, like, what's going on? You know? <laughs> it's but, crazy, bro. You know, so, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that the the Black Americans, um, descendants, slaves, foundational Black Americans, whatever you want to call it. Oh, yeah. Um, See, that's always the thing, too. Like, oh, I'm not from Africa. I've been here. Okay, bro. All right. Just chill out. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, th- I think at some point, culturally, we're four to five hundred years removed from Africa culturally. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. genetically, yes. Um, and that's where ethnicities and lineages come from, from different environmental situations and, you know, different things that create a culture around a group of people that say, hey, we're this, right, based on a number of different factors. And I think as Black Americans, we have had a host of things that have made us a separate you know, demographic or separate a group. different lineage right um not to say we're separate but we're a just different lineage we're cousins we have a different way of doing things and creating things because i'll be i'll be honest with you bro like there's really nobody else out here that's stomping on white supremacy like us <laughs> like we ain't stop fighting right <laughs> but other places is like well, well, just guess we got to deal with it. <laughs> no, no. That's... The funny thing is, the people in the Western Hemisphere, you know, be the, uh, the the brothers and sisters in the Caribbean, um, be the people in you know Brazil, be the ones in the South, uh, even the, what they call the, the Seminoles, which are a, a black group of uh, Africans uh, in America, you know. Um, yeah, we've been fighting, bro. We've been fighting, uh, which is interesting because. They always had this thing where they say that there is, our, our ancestors didn't fight. I'm not my ancestors, but I'm not my grandparents. Your grandparents were fighting or you wouldn't be here. Like, what do you mean? Like, yeah. 
Like, yeah, and, and the thing is, there's such a rich cultural history of the resistance. You, you talk about the Quilombos, uh, Palmares, you know, in Brazil. You talk about the Haitian Revolution. You talk about the Maroons. Of, you hear about the, uh, uh, there's a brother who was supposed to initially, I, I don't know, I haven't done national research on it, but related to the, uh, the revolution in Haiti, um, a, a brother named Bookman who was from, oh yeah, all right, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, man. Um, but I mean, you one thing about Haiti that always surprised me was Haiti was the pinnacle, meaning like the richest area in the Western Hemisphere before they did the revolution, and once they gained independence, everybody, like you said, once again on code, did embargoes and everything else, and now it's the quote unquote the poorest area. That's crazy. Well, he- Here's the thing. Once you gain independence, uh, it's the fight is not over, <laughs> right? <laughs> now you have to fight individuals who are just kind of him hawing around and just kind of it's like, no, we got to have order. We got to have a code. We got to have all these things in order to keep and protect what we have. We can't just start, you know, just chilling and relaxing and drinking and smoking and celebrating. No, we now it's it's going to be even harder, yeah. right, than the actual war to gain independence itself. Because you look at these countries who, oh, we're independent. Yeah, but y'all are poor. Like, y'all have sanctions and, you know, you got tons of resources, but you don't have any ways to utilize those resources to enrich your people, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's done by design, but at the same time, come on, man, like, you know, Melanated people all over the planet are the main innovators of civilization. So don't tell me I don't have the means to do it. All y'all got to do is just come together and figure it out, right? Yep. So Well, that has to be the code, man. People got to work uh, through stuff um, and work collaboratively. Um, there's not enough collaboration. There's too much ego. And uh, people get caught in uh, bullshit, man. It's, it's just yeah. that simple. Like, um, I... We'll talk, but going to the other thing about like, you got that. Oh, tell us about the, uh, can you tell us about the training grounds you got? You say, I see you had some, uh, some choice. <laughs> I see you had some choice, uh, like angles and shots of it. I was like, oh, what new was doing over there? So, so can you tell yeah, us about it a little bit? Give us, give us a little, get a little, a little tantalization for it, man. Come on, what's happening over there? What you working uh, on? So it's a private property. It's 60 acres. It's got two tactical berms, three-sided. Um, it's got um, another, it's got a double-sided berm. Um, so you can shoot in two directions. Those are all on one side. And then you have three additional berms that are at least 25 yards. One that can be used as a 200-yard berm. It's got two classrooms, um, got electricity, uh, Porta potties, very clean, by the way. Which I've been looking for a place to practice and dial in my 308 for long range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got that. All right. So um, I'm going to look at flights on kayak right now. Uh, I'll probably be up there like probably like Thursday night. Um, right, so. <laughs> I'm coming in hot. Coming in hot. I got, some, I got some 308 rounds for you in case beautiful, you need. Beautiful, beautiful. I, I, I got some too from Ukraine. I just bought them on the dark web. They're selling them for pennies on the dollar, man. Did you hear about? <laughs> did you hear about? There's people on the dark web selling like some javelins from Ukraine because all the aid they're getting. I was cracking up. 
was like, even if this is fake, this is hilarious. Because, you know, they're getting so much surplus from you. So it's just like, Bro. instead of me blowing up a Russian helicopter, I could just sell this for Man, 20 Gs real quick. Ukrainian oligarch making mad dough right Oh, did you hear about the oligarch court in, like, Switzerland partying or some shit? You know what I'm Aren't y'all supposed to be under siege right now? They up there smacking hookers on the ass, sniffing, <laughs> blow off a dude's dicks and shit. I was Listen, like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> bro, I had one of my mentors who's former, funny, um, who's a former uh, SEAL yeah. trainer. And uh, he has a, uh, um, it's kind of like a, a training. Yo, the New, York, well, the New York Times says right now the aid given to Ukraine is over 54 billion, bro. I'm trying to look. I'm trying to look in totality or just today. Uh, so the one I, I'm because I was looking it up. Uh, so the 54. Don't try to make me. It's behind a paywall. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. Yo, they used to not be like that on the internet. If it's news, it's yeah. news. Why are you making me have to pay to look at this article? Fuck y'all. No. That's garbage, yo. Uh, Ukraine foreign aid. I'm gonna try to find it real quick. I was trying to look for a total, seeing how much it got in, in total from different countries. Yeah. That's only the U.S. Only the yeah. U.S. The U.S. is giving over $54 billion to the Ukraine, bro. That's bro, crazy. they got a trillion, homie. Yo, that's crazy. Nah, I can't believe it's trillion, bro. You, you, you're doing some rapping stuff. you just saying something because it sounds cool. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just talk it. All right, so they, they did a $140 billion one. They, uh, what else they got? Uh, and then there's another package that they gave uh 13.6 so altogether 54 billion or just as that's crazy that's a lot of ammo and weapons and provisions and that's a lot of of uh uh, hardening up schools and stuff you worry about babies yeah yeah well and here's the thing are you talking about your old head was saying some stuff about um yeah uh he he was like hey bro um he was like, uh, you interested in going into Ukraine? You pay you two grand a day. I was like, what? And this was, this was, he was like, yeah, this is to get some rich motherfuckers out the country. And I'm like, I was like, what's well, this, a two, a 10 day op? Like, what is this, bro? And my wife was like, nigga, you better sit your ass down somewhere. You <laughs> That's what your wife told you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because, I mean, it all sounds good to you in there, man. You don't know what you could be walking into, bro. Uh right. I was laughing because they did you hear about some of the people getting in and then trying to get out because they was giving them like here's here's one crayon and two and and two <laughs> two non-matching rifle rounds for your rifle. You got a 762 by 39 hit 762 by 51. Good luck. Did you see that old Negro man in his 60s talking about I'm going to fight for Ukraine? Oh, yes, <laughs> I'm like, bro, you don't sit your old ass down somewhere. Who let their grandpa do that? Who let their grandpa go to Ukraine? Who let their uncle out the house? <laughs> I told you I was really back in name. I told you it was no lie. I'm in there. Yo, on the real though, like when China goes into Taiwan, bro. Oh well, the world is gonna uh, is gonna just have is gonna have a, a seizure. The world's gonna because China's you gonna do an embargo against China? Come on, man. Come on, they man. barely surviving doing an embargo over Russia. They're gonna do one against China, bro. And you gotta also account for issues. China's gotta have more foreign nationals in in America than Russia does. Well, I mean, once 
well, here's the thing to pay attention to. Uh, once motherfuckers start going home, like, why are these Chinese people leaving the country? I got some sensitive video. Yeah. You know, so you remember when the um Chinese chick uh was honey potting all those dudes in um California and she was in the Chinese uh CCP whatever military whatever? No. You didn't hear oh let me look at this article for you, bro. <laughs> so anyway, this Chinese woman in California, San Francisco, you know, all that West Coast stuff, she yeah. was honey potting like governors. Uh, uh, governors, uh, mayors, like all sorts of high political offices in the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And she's just, you know, you know what a honeypot is, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah she's yeah. honeypot all of them, and then she just routed with all these secrets and just disappeared. Um, but she got them to enact like legislation, she got them to like buy different stuff, like all sorts of like bills she got pushed through, all sorts of stuff. Then she's like, I'm out. Um, Chinese honeypot. Uh, I think it was California. I'm gonna just say California. Yo, that's so crazy, dog. Oh, here you go. Here you go. People think I'll be making stuff up, yo, bro. Like, all right. <laughs> now, nah, the funny it. thing is, a lot of this stuff don't get posted in main media because it goes against their interests. So you got to find the the stuff in between. Right. Oh, I got one on ABC News. That should be good enough. ABC News. Be like, oh, that's a road because you get stuff from New York Post. Be like, that's not real. Okay. All right. Whatever. Um, let me see. Uh, boom. All right. So, uh, Swalwell committee colleagues asked for FBI for briefing on China honeypot. So this is a couple of years ago. Damn. Um, Chinese spy named Fang Fang. Fang Fang was giving them that. that Fang Fang. You know? <laughs> <laughs> She's Chinese. She, oh man. She's so she slept with some mayors in some place. Um, she's she's. The funny thing was too, she's banging a whole bunch of people in a, in, sequen- in in a lot of order. So she was not with one person. She got a lot of them to do different shit for her, push legislation through, buy stuff, give up funding, like all sorts of stuff. So she was around for how many years? Four years, banging all these dudes in high political offices and disappeared. So what did Superhead get out of all the crap she was doing? See, see, got aim higher, yo, got aim higher. She could have done some stuff for the people, yo. Superhead just making music videos and shit. This chick is look at her. Fang Fang look like a normal Chinese chick. She's not even bad, bro. She's not bad. But he's just like, I got that wet new little fetish. Oh, (laughs) she's not even bad, bro. So you know they say like white women and black man's kryptonite, Asian women. Black women and Asian women, white man's kryptonite, man. Fang Fang was doing it for four years. She got all sorts of stuff, man. Uh Uh, he said, why do you like me so much, Fang Fang? She said, because I want to practice my English. <laughs> wow. Oh, he knew, it was, he knew it was weird, bro. Yeah. He's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. She wait like a me. minute. Why do you like me so much? <laughs> uh, so she yeah. raised money. To, she got money for him to get reelected. Um, so she was all in there, bro. There, so let's see. I'm trying to find out like who else was uh, 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 involved, but there's at least one mayor. I knew there was more than one person. It wasn't one person. Because when I saw the one article, she was banging a whole bunch of people, yo. Damn, that's bananas, dude. And it's all on the West Coast. I was like, all the Asian people over there, you get caught by the one that's worse for the Chinese Communist 
party. Like you, you couldn't find one Asian chick that wasn't a government plant. Like, come on, bro. Like, what are you doing? Many Asian chicks already in California murdering her right now, bro. Yo, like, bro, that's crazy. So, uh, I can't find other birdie, information. On that. A little birdie said the Department of Homeland Security has confirmed there's Russian <laughs> operators, like taking down fucking Texas power plants and shit. Texas, yeah, Texas is going to blame everyone for their problems, bro. Yeah, I mean, yeah. remember when it got hot and stuff just stopped working? Remember when, like, come on, Texas, like you, you're known for stuff being hot. How your whole grid's going down, bro? Come on, Texas. <laughs> and then, like, Texas set up so the grid was not tied to anybody else, so it's just on them. Like, come on, bro. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Then Texas said they're going to succeed. Come on, Texas. Are you not going to succeed, bro? Come on, man. You, you want that work? What if Mexico <laughs> makes a move then? What if y'all succeed and Mexico is like, we've been waiting for this shit. And yeah. then <laughs> so much wide brim hats coming over the border. They already have them already there, bro. They activate the sleepers, Mexican cells, bro. Middle of the night, the migrant workers just get up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be funny as fuck, bro. That's a movie plot right there. Somebody go yeah. tell my movie plot, bro. Don't tell, <laughs> that's copyrighted, you motherfuckers. Don't take my movie plot. Activate <laughs> the sleeper Mexican cells, man, in Texas, bro. Soon the state succeed, of Texas succeeds from the United States. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, the Mexican sleeper cells. That's quality, bro, right there, bro. That's <laughs> Cario come out the road, bro. <laughs> you, hear, you hear the boots walking softly across the <laughs> The ostrich boots, the ostrich boots, man. Oh, <laughs> oh that's it gonna be funny. I might do a spinoff of that this this summer, yo. I gotta get some of my Mexican homies together. Hey, uh, so, Rasa! so do you do film then? No, but I so I've written some short films, but I haven't done any of them. Okay, so you have to exchange. Also, I, I saw some of your artwork, bro. I seen some of your the, your film and stuff you've done. I was like, all right, I gotta talk yeah. about it, man. Because so, <laughs> all right, so. I got a couple stories we're going to talk about offline. Uh, I right. got the basic character profiles written, but I haven't done much more than that. Okay. Um, um, I don't know if I want to delve into this right here, bro. No, nah, no, nah, we'll do it offline. Oh, we'll do it offline. I got so, a couple. So. I got a couple zingers, bro. I got a couple zingers. Yeah. They will be hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, I got, man, I, yeah, I got, I got a couple little things, too. You know what I'm saying? It's always good to, you know, have other writers, you know, read your stuff to be like, damn, this shit was dope. <laughs> man like I, yeah, I mean right i mean that's what it is like that's the funny thing about um being black men and uh being too eight there's so many different facets to it and people try to put you in one hole oh you're you're a gun you're a gun nut what the fuck does yeah. that mean yeah. oh you're a trumper like, what the fuck like i'm a black person who likes staying alive and likes taking care of their loved ones uh yeah yeah so, Entrepreneur, father. Know. <laughs> you like Trump because he supports small business. Well, I, I'm I'm a small yeah. business, so right. <laughs> like, Writer, actor, like, come on, man, get out of here. Like, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, so, all right, let's get to wrap it up. Um, do you have anything upcoming that people should be reaching out for? I, I know you had that uh that the moot the news thing they posted recently. People could check you out on there, but is it you have any events coming up that? You want to plug or uh, anything um, particularly want people to reach out for upcoming? Yeah, no, no events yet. Okay, um, but I, I'm I'm brainstorming about some things that we, we should I, plan something for like uh, 
September or something like that. Yeah, let's do it, bro. Because like I said, we got, yeah, yeah. I, I, and I'll, I'll tell you offline, but I, I'm, yeah. <laughs> That's cool, cool, cool. Let's do it. So, all right. So if you're in the Denver, Colorado area, you have any um, concerns related to anything regarding personal protection, armed or unarmed, reach out to Anubis Haru. Um, he's going to take care of you. Uh, as you heard, he offers individual stuff. He offers couple, uh, couples. He offers stuff for in-home. Uh, these are things yeah. you're not going to get with NRA instructors. Nothing to knock against them, but they're not going to give you the, the level of specificity and the level of variance you need, all right? Yeah, um, the cookie cutter. Yeah. How you shoot a pistol. That, yeah, you don't want that. You want something that's personalized to you as an individual and what your dynamics are as an individual and your family. Um, so reach out to them. Um, what's your website and how they can reach you again? Yeah, so 1770armory.com. That is the business. You can reach me at Anubis at 1770armory.com. I'm also on Instagram, Anubis underscore Haru. Uh, also, Addicts is the brand that I created uh, specifically for... Um, black to a representation uh, a lot of these brands out here they're they're great but they're a little a little too patriotic in the way that we don't subscribe to so created addicts Isn't an interesting That's dynamic nice. like yeah they think that since they like guns they have to be patriotic i think i'm pretty sure right, right, right. i'm, I'm just kind of sure. like and 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 a lot of times you know historically we have been more patriotic which in, is crazy too right because black people have fought in every mm. war every single one bro the first one being our war for our own freedom yeah. <laughs> like, like, like it's crazy uh right right, right. Yeah, so mean, that's why i named it addicts to uh start with christmas, christmas addicts. yeah i like that i like that 1770 um and then i, I like know, the synergy you got there i like that. yeah 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 so but yeah, um, reach out to me on that. Um, I mean, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, uh, addicts.clothing, if you want to check out the Addicts brand. Um, uh, we have, uh, if you join our email list, we give you 10% off of your first order, shit like that. So pretty cool gear. Um, I design everything myself. So um, beautiful. But yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much the gist, man. All right, well, thank you so much uh, today, Anubis, for sharing your time with us, uh, letting us speak to you, learn something with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, we got to do more of this. Um, we, might, we might have to do a separate spinoff for the cookie cutter, uh, well, not cookie cutter, tinfoil hat program, you know? Yeah. It's like, you know, reality is always stranger than fiction, man. It's complete it stuff. Uh, it is. It is. And, like, awesome. same thing, too. Like, you see, like, when, even with the jab, people were talking about, like, at first they said it's going to stop transmission, then they said it's not stopping transmission. Then it's, like, it, it's crazy. And I was, you know, it doesn't even follow the definition of a vaccine. But at the same time, they were literally valuing and devaluing people, killing people. And if you said this stuff at that time, you're a conspiracy theorist. Now they're like, ah, we did the yeah. best we could. That's yeah. what the government stands is now. They're like, ah, we did the best. Heart attacks and high blood pressure off the off the charts right now. You see that right now? They said it's not unrelated. <laughs> Completely unrelated. People are just dying. Like, that's crazy, bro. Um, but all right. So, um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> make sure to subscribe so you guys can get the YouTube uh, videos as they come out. Make sure that you follow the blog so you can see some of these articles. Every article I publish will have meticulous citations so you can see the video sources. You can see the actual okay. documents so it's not just me spitting out my ass. Um, yeah. You can go look at the stuff yourself. 
I'm never going to try to sway people to think one way or another, but I'm going to challenge people to think critically and think for themselves. Yep. Um, so the next yeah. article, we have one for Uvalde already posted, talking about the failures of the law enforcement there and how citizenry could have acted potentially. And then we have another one talking about how police have no legal obligation to protect you in any capacity. It's at their own discretion, what they do or don't do. And they have impunity. You might get a cop for something, but you get one cop, there's going to be another to replace them and the institution is going to stay the same. So yeah, yeah the institution policing needs changing. Um, as a new business, and I both said, we're not against cops, just the institution has issues. we got to fish it or replace it with something else. You know, you can have private policing, just like you have a review for Yelp for a restaurant. You have a review for your police station or whatever, police department. These, this one's corrupt. They get, they try to get hand jobs for every traffic stop. This one's up, the, uh, uh, you know, legit. They'll help you, you know, when you have a situation, they'll talk to your kids. So uh, there's, that's one thing straight off the cuff that's easy. You, you, you can privatize and have, Instead of monopolies on police departments, you can have individual police departments competing. Um, that's one way to take care of it. I mean, off the cuff. Um, just yeah. like universities, police have to get, uh, what's that term? They have to get like validated, whatever, you know, uh, accredited. They have to get accredited. Yeah. So you can get accredited too, just like any other corporation, police departments or corporations. So mm. you can get accredited and then you can rule out your own thing. But, um, you know, there's different ways to skin the cat. Although yeah. I don't suggest getting cats. They move a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. That's so thank you again, Anubis. I appreciate you. Uh, uh, I appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, remember, as always, if you're in the Philadelphia area, you have any questions related to armed or unarmed personal protection consultations, we do virtual, we do in-home, we do family stuff, we do all that. So um, hit us up, HelloDefenseSolutions.com. And uh, thank you again, Anubis. Take care, bro. Peace. All right, brother. Have a good night, man. You too, brother. Take care of yourself. Peace. Peace. Light fighter out. Light fighters, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Alumni. What? Yeah, baby. <laughs>